You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. Alrighty, what's going on, guys? Howdy. Hey, hey. Hello, hello. So yeah, I'm completely out of touch, guys. Um, I, I've completely signed off over the last 24 hours, so I don't even know what's going on out there. Is Monero still alive? Oh yeah, it's honestly not been too crazy. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, we've got some fast any... recovery here. Okay. Sweet. It's not. Huge, uh, was 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 there like a big dip today? There was a big dip yesterday. Things seemed to crash down. Um, it was it was special actually. Binance sometime in the morning like shut off their withdrawals like 24 hours before they were they said they were gonna. Oh, that's so. so could, yeah. That's just a crook move, man. Yeah, so they shut down withdrawals and then price crashed back to like 100. And withdrawals never okay. opened before they were like it was it was done right. They never opened withdrawals back. So they, they did. Oh, they well, did they for like a brief time. Well, so it was they announced the delisting and then immediately shut down withdrawals. They did that for like 24 hours. And then they diverged their prices down like 2%, I think. Oh, what about yeah, last night? Because I kept looking at the network page, and up until they delisted it at 10 p.m., it said, like, withdrawals. Yeah, yesterday they, they suspended withdrawals. So when they announced it, what was it, like February 4th or 5th, something like that? So they announced it. They shut down withdrawals for like 24 or 36 hours. And then they had withdrawals open. At least they reported them being open until um, yesterday, like yesterday. So... My best guess is what they were doing, like when they announced the delisting and they shut down withdrawals and diverged their price down. My guess is they were trying to um, limit the amounts of XMR they would have to pay out by creating the fear of the people that still had their XMR on Binance and then try, just trying to get them to voluntarily quote, um, move out of their XMR positions into any other. And by doing that, that's less Monero that Binance would pay out. Um, yep. Because, you know, if you're sitting there holding Monero on Binance and watching the price diverge and you're down 2% already, um, you know, plus whatever else you've been down just because the price crashed, but you're like 2% lower than everyone else, like cracking. You're wondering, okay, well, should I just take the 2% haircut now? And then, um, you know, get out, like how much is, how badly is Binance going to screw me? Should I just sell my possession here on Binance into some other coin? I'm willing to bet that limited significantly the amount of money I had to pay out. Oh, yeah. that's super, so, super, like, super shady. But I guess ultimately a step in the right direction. Play those evil tricks anymore. I mean, the only thing Monero now is no longer the, on the, uh, the perpetual futures contracts, right, buddy, that they still yeah. provide. Oh, wait, ex explain, explain that. Oh, th that that's going as well? I think that's going away as well. Um, so it's it's instead of like buying real Monero, I mean... <laughs> You were never buying real Monero. <laughs> it's, it's like the same thing, but they're actually honest. Yeah. So you're. It's really. It's like a. It's a derivative, right? You're betting on the price of something. Leverage trading is like Bitmax, etc. Um, you're taking a position on the perpetual contract, right? So you're. You're basically. You're taking contracts. Um, they phrase this, and you can take leverage on that, and you put up some kind of margin. Often it's USDT, right? Tether, uh, or or often it's also Bitcoin. And then you'll just like take positions on the basis of that margin, um, which is, again, it's just a bet on what the price is going to do. You're not actually like buying real Monero. Not that you ever were, but, you know, 
at least the spot trading or the the perpetuals futures contract is or derivatives contract is more honest about what it yeah i think they're going to transfer a lot of this to qcoin it's loud back here can you guys hear the noise in the background can you hear the the singing it's not too bad it's not too bad. Okay. Just right. <laughs> Dude, Puerto Rico, it, it's just a loud place. There's, it's very hard to find silence in Puerto Rico um, in a good way. People are counts, always partying, having a good time. Um, were you guys seeing a lot of activity on social media with regards to all this, or was it not as as much as uh, the other day when we oh, they totally. first announced? Everyone was talking They're, about it. All right. Well, I see we got, we got, like, we got 56 Go people ahead. watching right now. So everybody, go ahead and like and share. Let's blast it out there. Uh, buddy, do you want to do a price report? Sure. Sure, we can cover a few things. All right. Sweet. Let's do it. Let's do it. The Monerotopia Price Report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer-to-peer. So, um... This is the Monero US dollar chart on Kraken, and this is the hour chart, so we can get kind of a, a breakdown of, um, you know, what prices looked like since the announce, the delisting de- was announced. Um, so February 6th, here we go, is apparently so it was February 6th they announced it. We had the big crash, and then things kind of normalized. There was another big crash. Again, th- this is artificial down here. Like, this crash right there was just scare tactic, um, especially considering that Binance shut down withdrawals 24 hours earlier than they were supposed to. Um, another thing that's special is that Binance completely disappeared unpersoned Monero from their system. Usually when it, when an exchange removes a coin, they, they still make their data available for that coin up into its trading. At least they can, they, they'll do that for some period of time afterwards. Binance this morning, like that I've, so I posted a tweet, you know, that there was just nothing there. Back all the um, Binance XMR. I don't even know. Like you can see, it's not even here in, in trading view. Invalid symbol. Wait, like, seriously? They just like removed it straight up? Yeah, like like normally you'll see all of the data until the moment that they remove the coin from their exchange. And I've seen this with other coins. And then you'll just have no data afterwards. But Binance like literally just completely removed fucking everything. We can't look That's at their crazy. volume, their price. No. Yeah, it's fucking scumbag. Maybe they're trying to like hide stuff. No doubt. Like like there's absolutely no doubt that um that they just don't want that information out there. They know it's incriminating. Like I was actually thinking about this today. I, I'm not a litigious person, so I pr- probably would never do this, and probably most of Monero wouldn't do it either. But there is a legitimate case to go sue Binance for their criminal conduct and their fraud that they've conducted against Monero in suppressing the price and lying about their reserves. We have so much evidence that would point to that, um, that there, there probably really could be a case there. It's been very difficult to sue them. Um, you know, it, just in general, it's been hard to, like, pin them down to a jurisdiction. Um I doubt anything would come of it. It probably would be completely useless. Like, why waste your time doing that? But, you know, from like a legal perspective, there, there probably is. Anyways, yeah, they removed everything. Let, let's do it. Let's do a Kuno fundraiser to uh, start a class action. A I, 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 don't know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we would get yeah for uh, you know getting a an, an attorney on board. Yeah. Um, so we need to like bring the evidence that we could that we could bring, um, and then get uh, get a lawyer to put that case together. Hopefully it would be enough. I mean, if you if that route if you were going to go that route, and I really don't think it's necessarily the best route to go. But you know if there's um, yeah, you would you, you would hopefully convince a judge to order discovery on Binance. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the Monero community has has the will there, right, for for people <laughs> no. to uh, get behind that movement. No, I don't. Interesting Definitely. though, I, I've thought about it myself too. I do, I do think right. There's there's likely it seems yeah. like pretty. There's so much like they've done so much fraud. Like Monero is not the only one. Like um, so, for example, they. Back in 2021, 
they liquidated a whole bunch of people in an Ethereum perpetual contract that were nowhere near their liquidation point, not even close. They never made people whole. They gave them like, what I read is they gave them like a hundred dollar voucher or some, some bullshit, but they never actually made those people whole or reverse those positions or paid. Them. Um, there was a, a token called LTC down and it's a short token. You buy the token and if Litecoin goes down, then your token should go up, right? It, it's effectively like an inverse position. So anyways, that token crashed to like almost nothing as LTC crashed. It was supposed to go up and it went to almost nothing. They probably have been fractionally reserving Bcash for all I know. I, I don't, I haven't looked at any of that. It would be in their MO potentially to do that. Uh, and maybe even Doge. It's possible that they had some weird shady shit with Doge back in 2021. But yeah, I mean, they're, the, the level of their fraud is just insane. And it, what's crazy is that the people that they defrauded are never going to get money back. Like all of those people would have some kind of claim, but the government sued them. And, uh, you know, CZ doesn't have to do any prison time. He just has to be like, oh, I committed a crime, but paid $4 billion, but jail time. So it's like, there's just like, it's just not worth it. There's no reason to go try and bring a case there. Binance is evil and fraud scummy, and they're just going to duck and dodge out of everything. And they've probably got the tacit support. They were probably all along some kind of like deep state fucking, especially since, um, what's his name? See, since CZ, his former boss was, was former mayor Bloomberg. Like he has a picture with him. He's like, I enjoyed my time. You know, great. Whatever. Oh, Bloomberg. really? Oh, yeah. wow. That's okay. Huh. Yeah. Wow. I have not been following this stuff closely. I mean, you would, I guess you would think I would considering everything with Binance and Monero, but I kind of, kind of ignored all that. Um, where, where's the best plate? Like who's done some good, uh, good interviews or, or things with regards to that to, to learn more about it damn i, I wouldn't be able to give you a point is towards that, a single source has anybody like yeah i'd love to we gotta get him on this is just like the accumulation now. of stuff that i remember from, from over the years you know just reading about what's happened yeah no 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 it's pretty wild that he's gotten away deep deep state yeah. huh you think so he think you think that he, they're tied in this and and going after monero was was uh has been part of the plan like using this as a tool to, to dampen out monero I, I really, you know, I'm, I'm obviously speculating here, but that, that would definitely line up. That would be completely unsurprising. I think it's more likely than not that he is tied into that cabal somehow. Uh, very similar to how Tether seems to just operate largely with impunity and getting the occasional slap on the wrist. Um, Binance was a major conduit of new Tethers. And it's interesting that even though, for example, it, from, from what I read, the, was it, the, I think it was the DOJ said maybe maybe it was sec one of those they said a big part of the reason that ftx collapsed was because of cz's actions because of binance's actions uh and, and what they did to like sort of make that happen yet sam bakeman seems like he's going to be going to jail for a while and completely get off scot-free cz posted himself like his picture with bloomberg and being like oh i really enjoyed my time working for you yada yada he posted that himself on his own twitter wall um i mean just kind of like the balance of probabilities to me it seems very likely like how does he just get away with doing all this shit and it just, it seems too convenient. And I know it's like, I know it's kind of hard to be like always speculating about the conspiracy, but given the world that we live in at this point, it's like, you kind of have to go directly towards that and say, okay, what's, what's probably happening behind the scenes. Let's imagine some stuff. Let's be careful about the kinds of evidence that we have, but you know, let's, you know, cause you can go too far to the one side and be like, oh my God, look, he touched the wall and he has a yarmulke, obviously part of the, you know, the evil Zionist club or whatever, like like it's easy to, to take that too far and misunderstand the types of evidence that you have for believing different things, but you definitely should be, I think, like if you're really trying to understand the world, you, you have to speculate. You have to think about um, like, okay, what kinds of things could be going on here? What kind of connections are made? What, what's the strength of that evidence? What type of evidence? So I tend to think it's easy probably and part of that cabal for a long time. Do you think, Body, is there a way to uh, see those Binance charts again? Like are, are there sites that archive that, 
that kind of stuff. There might be. I haven't tried to track them down. I'm I'm stupid. I should have known they were going to do this, and I should have downloaded all of their data because I can I can just go here and and click and I haven't done it in a while. But you can just download the entire like this entire chart, the entire history. You can download their volume and everything. And uh, that that's really on me, guys. <laughs> to to have lost that is is, is really on. Hmm. I feel like there's some site that would handle. I don't know. I bet you. I bet you. So. I'm not sure how much we really need it to be honest. Like they have the longest running XMR USD pair, but Kraken has the long. Sorry, they have the longest running XMR Bitcoin pair. But all you like just you can go to Kraken and divide XMR USD, and they have the longest XMR USD chart, and divide that by Bitcoin and get the ratio of a longer history. I think that's also why a lot of maximalists constantly post the wrong chart because they just go to, you know, Binance and they, they just type in XMR or BTC. Yep. <laughs> and they're like, haha, look at that. Look at your shit coin. It's like, bro, that chart goes back to like 2018, 20, 2017, whatever. It, it doesn't go all the way back for the full history of the chart. And it's probably just because they're plebs that don't know any better. So if I was going to try and assign a non-nefarious, am I allowed to say retardation on YouTube? Strike here. <laughs> I think it's still loud, maybe. <laughs> I think so. Wow, we got over, we got 77 live viewers right now. Nice. Tons of tons of comments coming in. We're trying to get that um, Super Chat feature up. Maybe by next week we'll have something working. I'm an arrow based the show. Uh, I'm seeing a question, Body. What percentage of spot volume was on Binance? Oh, that's a good question. I like ran those charts. The thing is, I, I, was, I have never been convinced that volume is reliable. I have never been convinced that anyone is reporting their volume accurately. Um, so I kind of just like neglected to look at volume for quite a long time. And um, somewhere um, yesterday, I was like, you know what? I'm curious what the volume looks at the moment in terms of the other exchanges. Like what, at least what are they reporting, right? Um, if I'm not mistaken, Binance was supposedly doing fifty to 70,000 XMR worth of volume. But those are like old numbers. That was back 2021, I think. Um, I don't know what their percentage of spot was, and we never can know because we know that they fake their volumes. Like, there's no question about that. There have been many studies done really since 2018 that just like, that just demonstrate that. So for example, like there's statistical metrics you can use that, and they do this for um, like taxes and stuff too. If you file your taxes and you're making a bunch of shit up, you're going to have um, weird aberrations, in, like the number of leading zeros. Um, and then like the distribution of the digits of your different numbers should follow like a, a pretty set distribution. Um, so there's, they do that. They've done all kinds of other things, other little tests to basically show that, that pretty much all these shitcoin exchanges, um, at least the ones that are not regulated, they're all faking their volumes. So I just never put much stock into those, into those volumes. Um, nevertheless, you know, it's an interesting data point to look at. So, um, I pulled up, I put up, pulled up all the charts that we have. So it looks like Qcoin is taking over allegedly all the volume. They're reporting, um, almost a hundred thousand an average for the past week or so. Um, uh, that would be two weeks. For the past two weeks, they've been reporting somewhere between eighty to one hundred and ten thousand Monero worth of volume every single, week. and that's substantial. Mm. Uh, and then you'll notice, obviously, that ticked up um, on on February sixth when when the delisting was announced. Um, the other exchanges here, so this is Poloniex, um, this is Poloniex XMR USD, XMR USDT, and XMR USD. You'll notice like there's almost no volume happening for for USDC. Um, quite a lot of tether volume happening though. It's almost um, right now. Uh, averaging around 55,000 um, and then peaking somewhere around like 75,000 Monero per day on Poloniex. I don't, again, I don't think I believe that, like I, those numbers, um, which sometimes it shows you the exchange and sometimes it doesn't. They're, they're show, oh, about this indicator finally. No. Oh, I know why it's not showing. It's because I have my, there we go. Okay, MexC, I don't know. So MexC is like the latest shitcoin exchange. Supposedly um, people are getting, occasionally getting their funds frozen. Just Just know like when you don't KYC, <laughs> and there's no regulations like 
that you've got no recourse, right? So just know that if you're trading on these shitcoin exchanges, you might lose money. They might freeze your shit. Um, and what they do, like a common tactic that Binance did back in the day, they would demand KYC information and they say, oh, well, it's not good enough. Uh, you need to send us another one, send us another one. And it's just like delay tactics and just continually say, oh, we don't, we don't think you're telling the truth. And, and it doesn't matter how many selfies you send them, they won't unfreeze your funds um, until they get like a demand letter from a lawyer. So um, just know that like all of the tactics that Binance pioneered, all of this shady fraud, fraudulent stuff, it's very likely they're just going to rotate a lot of this into these other exchanges. It looks like Qcoin is the premier one, um, but Mexi also seems to just kind of like, it's kind of like eyebrow, eyebrow raising stuff. There's not like any hard evidence. These guys are fraudulent, right? I'm not saying that. Um, maybe there's hard evidence. I just have, I haven't looked for it. But anyways, the point is that Mexi is like a new exchange here. They're doing allegedly about 30,000 Monero worth of volume um, versus the USD pair. So um, yeah, Qcoin and Mexi seem to be the new ones that um, that volume has allegedly rotated to. Again, it's somewhat questionable. Do we believe their volume numbers? They're probably inflated. Um, it's hard to say, but, but yeah, those are probably. So this is also another point that's, that's probably important to bring out here. Um, for a while, I was like, okay, you know, if Monero can just get delisted from Binance, this should help our price situation. Um, my guess here is they're just going to rotate this shit. Uh, they're going to rotate it in, into other exchanges. The good news is, is that the the publicity of all this is really hopefully going to encourage a lot of people to move to these more decentralized solutions uh, instead of um, places like Binance, right? Instead of just moving your funds into some other shitcoin exchange, hopefully people will now be encouraged. At the same time, I think that there's probably also, it seems likely that at some levels, some of the shady motherfuckers in crypto need a way to move their funds. And a lot of those shady motherfuckers are connected corporately to like the sort of like background cabal, the the elite cabal of cryptocurrency, right? The the guys kind of like running a lot of shit. Um, the guys kind of doing a lot of shady shit. Uh, I'm talking like Bitfinex here. I'm talking obviously the Tether guys, obviously Binance. Um, and, and Justin Sun and, and a whole bunch of other people, right, that are sort of peripherally associated there. These guys probably do have some kind of need to move funds covertly. So probably these exchanges largely represent um, Monero being moved in that cabal. They probably have exchange deals where they're like, oh, okay, we can trust you to move these funds and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, where they like, they sort of trust each other, thick as thieves, uh, if you will. So um, that might be what these numbers represent here. I think that most people, like the average pleb, the average um, person in Monero, um, even just your casual Monero users, I think most of us are trying to migrate to solutions that are a little decentralized. Um, yeah, prices actually recovered um, reasonably well today from from that crash it took yesterday. I don't think it's any accident that price crashed the moment that um, that Binance shut down their withdrawals again early. Uh, I, I'm guessing that was just, again, it's, this is, I think it's a social thing in nature. They're trying to create fear, uncertainty, and doubt, right? They just want to FUD the shit out of Monero as much as they can. Um, and it's probably not the last time, right? This is probably just the first one. There's probably going to be new exchanges coming up, new problems coming up where Monero gets delisted. Um, it, you know, it could be like this whole thing where it's like this theater and they play it out. Maybe Qcoin becomes the next Binance and then Qcoin gets attacked next cycle, right? Three or four years from now. And then, and they come into compliance and then delist Monero. They'll probably keep playing this same tune that they, that they've done here for the past month. They'll probably, they'll, they'll probably reap this. So we just have to expect that. Um, it's, it's really unsurprising that, that, that would happen there. Uh, really so honest, I'm think... surprised it didn't go down lower than what it did uh, yesterday. Yeah, it seems like it might crash a little bit lower. Um, this really, like, I don't want to call this good because who knows, like, things could crash. But I, I, I am curious to see what price does here now after all this dumb shit is done. Um, maybe it maybe seemed to start recovering recover. pretty quickly after after yesterday, like towards towards the late 
evening, it started to started to cover a fair amount. Yeah, um, started from down here right around, looks like 109. Right now, from the low, we're up to we're up about 13%. Yeah, I had one uh, buy I, I, order that was at like 110 that got executed. Like, I was oh, like, nice. oh, good surprised job, me. Fucking a. Yeah, so there was probably a good opportunity to buy here um, in terms of like touching this line down here is kind of like a spot to look for. Uh, you know what? Let's blow up the Z scores. I'm willing to bet that. I'm willing to bet that there's some divergence here on the Z. Uh, again, Z scores being kind of like RSI. Um, yeah, eh, violent moves like this, it's kind of hard to to say for sure. Let's actually just look at RSI. I don't like it that much, but sometimes it's sometimes when there's massively violent moves, RSI. Now, it, you could try and call this divergence um, bullish divergence where price made a lower low, but the uh, the RSI made a higher low. Uh, but usually, you want to see three touches for that, like to confirm that. Uh, and I'm not sure that we're going to get another touch. I'm not sure that we're going to get another. Look. Probably most of this has been milked for the uh, the FUD that it can be milked for. Um, so yeah, this is probably not a bad spot. Like if you were going to flip some some Ethereum into, into Monero or some Bitcoin into Monero, this is probably not a bad spot to, to try and do that. Um, you know, buyer beware, obviously. Uh, and, and you know, this also relates to another thing. So I posted about this. We talked about this last week. Um, actually, I was talking about this last week. That kind of made me post it. So a lot of people, and especially, and I get this in groups a lot, people that are like, they like Monero, they're users of Monero, they're casual users, they're not like hardcore privacy enthusiasts or whatever. Um, you know, they just want to use the thing that'll work for them. And so I always get this question, hey man, can I just like chain hop through Monero? Like I could just like chain hop and then and I'll, I'll get my privacy, right? Like, <laughs> no, no, probably not. Um, especially not the way you're thinking about doing it and especially not the person or the um, the swap that you're going to use, right? Like all of these instant swaps or maybe you're on Qcoin or, or whatever. Um, these guys are probably reporting information to chain analysis. I'm sure some of them aren't, but you just kind of have to assume that they are, right? Adversarial thinking, assume that they've got your data, you gave it to them and they're probably going to use it because they're probably getting paid for it. So if you really, really want to chain hop and I get it like you need to pay someone in cut coin because they fucking they're retards and they don't accept an arrow. Okay, got it. I have to do that too. Um, what you want to do is to have a pre-positioned large stash of Monero that you use all the time. You pay friends with it, and you know you turn it, you turn it, you do whatever, right? It's just your stack. It can be the same wallet that you have um, for everything else. Um, and again, this is like non-extraordinary threat model. If you're a darknet market vendor, you, you've got other concerns, right? <laughs> you need to stop. And you, like, if you're actually doing shit, you know, taking ransomware payments or, um, you know, whatever, like if you have a high threat model, like this doesn't apply to you, you need to go seek better advice than this. But for the rest of like all of us, the other 99% of us, you need to have a pre-positioned stash of an arrow that you would call your HODL effectively. And you use that regularly all the time. When you need to pay someone, what you're going to do is pay them immediately out of your stack for the full amount, whatever it is. Um, and you're going to swap into the coin that you need to good, right? Litecoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin. um, you're going to swap into that other coin, make that payment. And you're going to do this like a few times. You're, you're not just going to like send them the payment and then immediately top up your Monero stash for, you know, the, the 3.91 Monero you just spent, right? You're, you, you want to wait some kind of random period of time. Um, and really you want to do a few spins like that. And then when you top up your wallet, don't top it back up to the exact same level. Do it like do it too much, right? Top it up higher or top it up a little bit less. Do it at weird staggered random intervals and for different kinds of staggered amounts. And by doing this, you're breaking the link that that can be formed by timing analysis. So associating that chain hop at some close moment in time, um, when you combine the timing analysis with the amount and with the probabilistic nature of the transaction graph, right? It's yes, it's, it's got you've got plausible deniability there, but when you associate that data, other heuristics such as timing and amounts, 
And, and remember, when you're chain hopping, you don't have hidden amounts anymore. Right? The people watching know how much amounts was moved in or out of Monero. Um, so you have to break up those heuristics in a way that make them unable to be correlated. And by doing this, that's how you can get your privacy, or at least significantly better privacy. You can break those heuristics, and that's how you would chain hop through Monero to get your privacy. You want to have a big stash of Monero that you use regularly, make the payment first, and only after the fact at some irregular interval for an irregular amount, only then top up your Monero stash. Um, don't just wait, you know, 10 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, right? Um, so hopefully, like, hopefully that's really practical advice that people can use. Um, it's something I've been thinking about for a long time um, in terms of like chain hopping and and how do you do that? And um, it's funny how sometimes you sort of like settle onto solutions accidentally after like thinking about it and you, you just kind of like do it. But I hadn't like really formed all of that together into a coherent like message until maybe the last uh, month, but I've been doing it for, you know, for quite a long time. Um, so hopefully that, that's a lot there. Let's take a break here. Anything uh, uh, that I missed here on the YouTube comments? Sixty-six dollars in twenty twenty-four. Nightmare hog. Hey, bro, if you get sixty-six dollar entry, I mean, um, all right, on the comments here, we'll go back to price. Um, da, da, da. okay. Um, let's talk about the divergence chart. Um, it seems like there are people that are interested in it. Um, oh, you know, I hadn't updated this script. I, I actually I updated it, but I haven't I haven't published. Um, maybe I shouldn't do this live. <laughs> I got my wave magic scripts, but I'm still like a hard time delivering that to the world. Special. Uh, there we go. And publish. Okay, guys. Um, that script is now published and updated. Um, so let's talk about it. This is obviously the divergences from Kraken's price to these other exchanges. They're all listed here. Binance has gone from that list now. Um, uh, there's two things. There's two ways you can look at this. The first way is just saying, okay, what is the percentage difference of price? So on the right here, you've got, um, this is in percent. So Poloniex, for example, has been going like 4% down, 5%. Uh, apparently when the delisting happened, it looks like they went about like 7% down. Um, this is, this is, uh, the, the price that they were below Kraken, 7% down. Okay. Um, oh, actually that was, uh, no, that was back in January. So anyway, I, I don't trust, I don't trust. Uh, but the point is that you can either look at this as a percentage price difference to Kraken, but the reality is that not all of these exchanges do a whole lot of volume, right? So like if Poloniex if their prices are really low compared to Kraken, but they do no volume down there, does it really matter? Like, do you really care? So what you're going to do is open up the settings and click make volume adjustment. And what that does is it multiplies by the volume so that you can get an idea of how much real volume was actually done um, at those divergence. So you can see when Binance delisted, we actually had a significant amount of volume that Qcoin and Mexi at least their reported volumes that they were doing below Kraken. Now, in terms, like in an absolute term of how much lower was their price, um, you'll notice that they were between one and two and a half percent lower than Kraken. Um, that's how to use this chart. That's how to, the, the options. Uh, also note that some of all, um, this only works with a volume adjustment. You, otherwise, you need to take the average of, of the price differences, but I just sum them together. So that some of all is only applicable. Uh, yeah, if anyone out there is used a bit of um, a little bit of useful stuff for you. Question from someone new. What's Monero best counter to if it benefits money launder? Um, or is the sentiment that Monero is dark and still there for a market? Um, there's there's like a number of different ways of looking at this. Some of them, um, some some people will use certain arguments. Other people use other ones. Um, the easiest one is to be like, what about them? Just be like, well, the, U the US dollars use more than anything else for money laundering. Um, the the banks themselves, like the I think it was Wachovia. I'm pretty sure it was Wachovia. This was a decade ago, but... Um, they had a massive fine for laundering a shitload of drug money, um, but you know they still exist. Um, there's there's so many people that use the U.S. dollar vastly more for money laundering uh, than Monero. Monero is just a blip on that field. So 
um, maybe that's not the best argument because what aboutism is like it's like well it's, it's not it's not the best argument right you're you're pointing fingers instead of like addressing the root cause to me the real situation is that money laundering is not a crime it's only a crime in the statutes and codes and sense that the government tries to imply uh, impose their authority onto people and forcibly um keep them suppressed under their system, which inflates their assets and then taxes them on that inflation so that when you sell an asset with capital gains, you can't even keep up with inflation. Like, let's suppose you buy a house for 100000 and then uh, because of their fucking money printing, that house becomes $200,000 of value, quote unquote, in, uh, in, in a few years. You sell that thing. Well, that house is now $200,000, right? That's the market value of that house. But then you have $100,000 of capital gains you have to pay taxes on. They're robbing you blind in that equation. So it's like, in terms of money laundering, it's it's a made up crime that the government uses um, to 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 really like suppress to to oppress the um, and and keep their entire fraudulent scam and theft going. Um, I mean that's that's like the fundamental thing I would say there about it. Benefits money launderers. Yeah, um, <laughs> the entire let's be let's be true. Bank secrecy. The, the entire bank secrecy act. Um, you know, it's sorry about the background noise. Uh, is just uh, a ploy to to control, right? Yeah. Um, and what they're doing with Monero, just more. It's the same thing over again. But it, it is it is yes, a good question, right? Because, I mean, this this is the tool that they're using to, to fight against Monero. This is the tactic that they're using. Uh, Monero bad. Monero used for bad things. Um, and they just, if they make it difficult for the average person to, to see be, beyond that, right, and understand abstractly why Monero isn't bad. Right. And the yeah. <laughs> make, make, making it making it quite effective, um, which is why we're a small group of people. Right. Why it's not a, a larger group that are yet understanding of the Monero, because it does take some, some thought and understanding to realize. So, um, yeah, you brought up actually a, another response to that. So I kind of gave the two extreme positions there, uh, the sort of what about what about tactic, which, is, again, is, it's not necessarily the best tactic. It can be good. It's like a good cheeky way to, to make a quick response. Then there's just like completely denying the uh, the fundamental like aspects of what the government says money laundering is. And then there's kind of like this middle ground where you say, listen, you could choose anything that you want to choose, any physical thing, any abstract asset like money or digital currency. You could choose anything you want and say that bad people for bad things, and therefore we need to presume everyone is a criminal until they prove otherwise. And that's what all these money laundering laws or statutes and regulations and codes are about. They're about turning the burden of proof upside down. They presume that you've gotten that money from a bad place and you are required to tell them that you didn't get it from a bad place. You're required to submit a form and an affidavit, not an affidavit. You know, you're required to submit stuff saying, oh, I got this. I promise I didn't get it from bad things. Meanwhile, the government themselves are committing crimes left and right and doing all like using money for all sorts of horrible, immoral things. And it's so like really like you could take it with guns, you could use it with cars and vehicles and shoes. You could use it with household cleaning products that can be used uh, to make all sorts of stuff that Tyler Durden told us about uh, back in the late 90s. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's really like from a fundamental perspective, but probably the, the middle the middle road that you could with most normies is to simply say that everything can be used for bad stuff. Um, Monero is money and money is used for bad stuff. I mean, like money is half of every single transaction. So. Um, so you can use shoes to run away from a crime. You can use a kitchen knife to, to, to rob somebody. Um, so it's not right. It's, it's not appropriate to assume that someone is a criminal and then turn the burden of proof and say, well, your usage of this thing. Now you have to prove that you didn't use it badly. Um, no, no, no. You, I only have to prove that if there's reasonable suspicion that I've actually used it to, to commit a crime. Um, uh, and that's like, that's how law is supposed to work. Um, that would be like my 
sort of three different options as a response to that question when people say that people use Monero for bad things. I'd expect nothing less. Did you see that congressional hearing this week? Did you see any I did of that? not. Man, I pay All so right, little yeah, I'll, attention I'll, to politics. I'll try to bring that up during the news if I could uh, find the clip. Tony, by the way, if you're listening, I sent you the news. Um, all right, man. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Anything else you want to add to price report? Uh, yeah, we'll just like quickly roll through some okay. of the macro yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, we'll not dilly dally too long. We got long. Sev- over 70 people tuning in. Guys, like and share it. Okay, so we're looking at the Bitcoin chart here. Things have continued to go up since last week. We've kind of been on the positive, um, you know, at least my mindset for really the past months, as I've been telling you guys, the, the direction's up. The macro still says that there's juice to squeeze. Um, I'm actually starting to get concerned now about the sort of um, an interim little mini blow off um, that could happen. Um, I don't have any good levels here. I don't have any good way of, of determining that at, at this point. Um, we're kind of in some sort of, you could maybe call it uncharted territory. One thing that we are seeing is a little bit of rotation into ETH, um, right? ETH seems to be forming a bottom. Let's go to the, um, yes, I know these are pleb lines and, you know, just realize pleb lines are useful for certain things. In a lot of ways, pleb lines are referential, right? They give, they just give your eyes a referential place to understand like where prices and where, like where it has been, um, particularly. So for example, like this line right here. That is a horizontal area of significance. It, there was a, an interim peak there, and it just seems that price has been coming to that spot uh, repeatedly over the past maybe seven years now. Um, so that's going to be like, that's a big spot of resistance to break, right? That's psychologically important. Um, it's also just a reference for your eyeballs. Okay, the other thing too is that we seem to have this like pretty um, pretty significant uptrend line here that, uh, that Ethereum bounced along the bottom here, and now it's kind of moving to the upside. So um, it does look like there's going to be some rotation into Ethereum. Um, we can just take a look at the Bitcoin dominance as well. There we go. Respond as quickly as I would like them. Uh, yeah, so Bitcoin dominance looks like it's kind of leveling off. It's starting to look a little bit like the volatility is falling off, right? So you kind of got this um, seesaw action happening here, but um, it seems like that's kind of getting compressed there. The volatility is volatility and compressed. So um, that could imply another big move coming up here. Um, one thing that I was looking at today is the combined Bitcoin Ethereum chart. Um, this is probably going to be a useful chart to look at in a lot of ways. I feel like the Bitcoin chart by itself, um, can be difficult to interpret. I do think that the general situation of liquidity and us dollars in the crypto system, um, is kind of, it, it often sloshes from one coin to another coin to shit coins. You know, it makes these sort of rotations, but the overall market cap of the total crypto cryptocurrency market cap, um, seems to. And I've noticed this over the past, like just say two, three years, the total market cap chart typically seems to be a bit more stable. It seems to be typically a little bit more reliable, but not always. Sometimes the Bitcoin chart um, is just a cleaner chart to look at. It's your chart to interpret. Um, in this case, I think that the combined Bitcoin Ethereum chart and total are a little bit easier to look at because Bitcoin is kind of above a bunch of levels. And I don't have any good ways of saying, you know, where I think the top would be, um, which is why I'm going to have to try and correlate the macro situation um, to, to see if I can make a, you know, a, a correlation and association there to what Bitcoin might be doing and when a top might be forming. Um, so right now, uh, basically Bitcoin plus Ethereum market cap is just kind of trending up this channel right here, um, kind of bumping up along the top side of a few different things. So we've got the pleb lines uh, and then we've also got the, the purple lines here. Um, the purple lines are just a really good way of sort of measuring an upward channel and upward trend. Um, in almost all cases, it's so rare to just punch above these purple lines and then just keep going. Usually, um, the top of these per- shorter term purple lines and the blue lines, um, price tends to establish itself between those and then, and then range to the upside, uh, at least in a trending market, trending market. So 
We've got the uh, reverse repos here. We've been talking about this forever. Still half a trillion dollars there. It seems to have slowed down a little bit, right? It seems to have um, uh, kind of be curling under here, right? It's it's not going down as fast. And wouldn't you know, um, with that, the stock market has not been, you know, for the past week, it's kind of just been chopping sideways, really. Yeah, two or three weeks now, the, the stock market has basically been kind of chopping sideways. Put on some new all-time highs. Um, that's probably because the reverse repo, there's less money coming. Um, we got some inflation numbers. Uh, I think it was actually not this week, but it was last week or maybe the week before. Um, yeah, the inflation numbers didn't do anything special. Um, basically just trending sideways. Uh, we have now reached the sticky part of inflation and they've talked about this for like a year or so. This is the sticky part of inflation. Okay. They got it down to 3.1% on the CPI, but getting it down to actually 2%, that's going to be hard. They're going to have a hard time doing that. And especially with the core inflation, uh, core inflation is at 4%. So um, yeah, the Fed, I mean, they talked recently about the conditions under which they might lower rates, which I think is even premature of them to have talked about that, but, um, but they did it. So, uh, I guess they want the markets to know that they got their back. Um, okay. So now we've got the bonds. We're looking at bonds. Nothing special here has happened. Real yield curve is still inverted, but still trending sideways. Um, rates have slightly gone up in bonds since that the value of those bonds have slightly gone down. Um, these are the Z scores of all the different assets here. You'll notice bonds, um, have kind of like slightly been going down lately. Um, again, the value of bonds is inversely correlated to the rate at which they're offered. We won't get into the reason for that uh, on this show today. Um, right now, you'll notice that crypto is actually, in terms of Z-scores, the overall crypto market cap is actually pretty high. Um, in fact, wouldn't you know it, we are exactly those two horizontal lines that I just dropped. That purple right there, in fact, maybe crypto is in purple. I don't know why I chose purple. Just felt like the right color for crypto. So you'll notice that the Z scores on crypto here are at about the same level that they were in the 2019 miniature blow off top that happened after the 2017 bubble or peak. Um, so, I mean, shit is getting close guys. Like I, I, I'm not saying to take profit. I'm not saying to sell your bags or sell your huddle to sell your long-term trading stack. I'm not saying to do that right now, but just know like statistically speaking, things are kind of, um, uh, they're out of trend here, right? They're, they're much higher than trend. Maybe this can continue for a while because the ETF still has a lot of money, um, coming in from institutional. It's okay now, apparently sanctified for the average people to go and invest in Bitcoin and the ETF in the stock market. Um, so there's money coming in that way. There's still the reverse repos that are available. Um, and uh, and it's an election cycle, so maybe that'll have something to do with it, but maybe not. It, it doesn't all. Uh, yeah, we don't need to look at oil. Oil stable. Gold hasn't done anything. It's still flat. We don't need to look at that. And the dollar index is really stable. Um, we talked about this, uh, about expecting to get to that uh, statistical level here, the uh, the blue lines, the upper standard deviation. And we touched that. Um, from here, that's a very wide range that things could go into. Uh, I'm not really convinced that, that the dollar is headed towards this direction anytime soon. Um, probably just more ranging. Uh, which is fine. I guess, you know, stability is, is probably better than, um, with that, uh, maybe we should look at Monero, do that. Um, uh, Monero transactions hovering slightly above 20 K on average. Basically that's where we've been time. Uh, maybe we could look at a longer term chart. Let's go to moving average. I like to look at the 90 day moving average. It's so, so large, but though, yeah. So, uh, I mean our best moving average approached, um, 30 K somewhere in the middle of 2022, uh, and we're basically, I mean, we're, we're close, right? We're still, we're still averaging about 25,000 transactions, um, really, uh, since December of last year. So this has moved up. This is good. Uh, we definitely like want to see this, um, kind of Monero transactions, uh, for whatever reason dropped off. Actually, that's very interesting that, um, that they were going down they dropped off, um, last year in the first quarter. So anyways, things are kind of moving on the upside, uh, in regards to that. Uh, Monero nodes still still hanging out around uh, just above 20,000 as well. So 20, 000, one transaction per node. 
Uh, no, I mean, that's probably not, <laughs> that's not the interpretation. Um, just, uh, no, I, I guess that's about it, guys. We don't really need to talk about anything. It's volume. Yeah. So any questions? Uh, let's check the YouTube in case anyone else got some. Could have bought 14,000 of precious, <laughs> with X, of precious. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's all I got for you guys. Or am I, am I, all am right, I solo here? <laughs> no, 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 right. no, 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 no. I'm just dealing with the, the elements over here. Um, yeah. All right. We got, oh, we're up to, up to 80 people. Smash so, like. I mean, as, as you kind of said earlier, um, you kind of, you think there might, there might be some more price discovery to go with response from the delisting. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I would have to say yes. Uh, I would obviously, I'd like to see price move to the upside. That would be a nice confirmation that this whole thing was basically artificially induced, um, to hit the price. But who knows? They could just have rotated a lot of that in Qcoin. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I would kind of expect, let's just say 60-40, uh, that Monero's direction for the next month is up 60-40. All right. That's pretty good. Do you think um, there's a point where it, it becomes more bullish as you see it go up and firming that delisting is good? Uh, at what point mm. do we do reach that, that stage? Unfortunately, unfortunately, I just feel like the lines are drawn, socially speaking. The people that like Monero, that want to be in Monero, they're here, right? We're, we're using it. Um, we do have new people. Like the, This whole thing has brought new people into the market, but I see that more of as it's a long-term kind of price impact. That's not a... I wouldn't look mm. to the new people coming into the market right now for short, short-term price action. Um, these are new people that are like, oh, wait a second. Wow, they actually delisted it. No shit. They must actually be scared of it. Right, people like Monero earning at street cred, people being more interested in the project as a result. Um, this is going to be long-term price price support or price help, um, but I just short-term I wouldn't expect it. I'm not saying it's going yeah, to go yeah, down yeah. anymore. Just I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm, I'm just wondering, uh, being the you know eternal Monero maximal, just just wondering <laughs> if there's a point where you know I right. So this this is bringing in new people. People have their eyes on Monero now. They're like, oh, this is interesting. They you know they're they're going after this coin specifically. Uh, they delisted it. I guess that means, you know, some people might be thinking that that means it's dead, right? But then they'll see it and see it's still there. And maybe if they start to see it go up, there might be kind of this moment where people are like, oh, this is this is really interesting. Uh, Monero is seems to be detethered and um, approaching its own honest value, right? That would be amazing. I, I hope that happens. Um, that would be very yeah. powerful for sure. Like if we make so, it back uh, to 150, 160 in the coming weeks, I think that actually that's a powerful message for sure. Right, and how, and how do you not talk about that? Right? So, <laughs> um, I mean, I right. think uh, there's a certain group of crypto people that would fall silent if that <sighs> happened. A group who shall not. They've been celebrating. Oh, what is it? We celebrated the delisting, oh. and then they celebrated the price crash. Who uh, who are you referring to? You're referring to BTC <laughs> people or Zcash? Yeah, I'm referring to the just the maximalist referring okay. to the max the, ma- the not all of them. Some of them are like maximalish. You know, they're like Bitcoin and also kind of Monero. Um, but I've seen what is, yeah, what is the Zcash community been saying, right? I think originally because they were part, they're they're not getting delisted, correct? They made that change to their address scheme. Oh, well, they, they created super that transparent address. Bold yeah. of you to assume that... that they have a community. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be, I try to be nice. Um, but yeah, is that actually a thing? So they're they're not being delisted. Uh, is that the case? I, I, I no, they, I mean they weren't announced. Um, they weren't announced by a binder there trading. Have they kind of they kind of been affected in the same way, even though they're not getting delisted? Yeah, actually, is that fair to say? Um, we're gonna put that's just XMR. Like, just salt in the there. They're like, and you've made these concessions. Um, you, you tried to keep your coin on the exchange, and it's still tanking. Okay, so um, Zcash is on the left scale here. They're the candles, um, mm. and no, well, okay, yeah, right, it right at first. All right, 
pause before I say anything stupid. Um, okay, so their price was correlated with Monero, so Monero being orange on top, um, but that was January. So then Monero kind of was making a nice move to the upside without Zcash going into mm-hmm. the delisting news, and then Monero crashed, but Zcash didn't really crash. They had a little bit of a bump down here. That was probably okay. related um, to the fear aspect of the privacy. Oh, Jesus. Right. God, look at this crap. Okay, and then look at them pumping. Zcash pumping while Monero is doing this. Yeah, that's that's not... Um, I really don't like that. That's that's scammy. Uh, you know, we haven't looked at the... Um, I haven't looked at the Zcash price relative to Monero. So let's Zcash is on, is on monitoring status in Binance Fire. So monitoring, oh. But, yeah, they're just... I mean, so they're not going to get the... It and, seems uh, difficult yeah, there is, to believe that corporate coin is going to get... Right, right, right. So, like, we're, we're Zcashers... Uh, celebrating the crash of Monero price from the delisting. I didn't, I I didn't any see any of them sure. doing that. Uh, my guess is like, if, if I had to guess what they would say, it would be something like, um, well, this is what happens when you don't have uh, a coordinated team to manage the development of your coin so that you can meet the regulatory requirements while remaining private enough. Like they, they, they exactly, probably would exactly, say something exactly. like this is what happens when you, when you don't care about, uh, we don't care about your community, and, and you don't care about being a responsible. Uh, okay, so here's the XMR Zcash chart, right? So XMR relative to Zcash as it goes up, Monero is doing better than Zcash. And yes, I mean, we just continually put on gains. Um, we talked about this like a couple years ago, but yeah, I mean, this was special. The whole bull market where Monero was flat to Zcash, um, even though Monero was like crushing it in terms of real adoption. And uh, yeah, with the, del- with the delisting um, over the past three weeks, we've seen, wow. Monero lost 40% relative to Zcash as a result of, um, at least temporarily, has lost 40%. Oh, wow. That was a big hit. Big hit. Yeah. We were down 50%, for, well, at least 7% one time. Um, but they're yeah, going to be I watching mean, very cl- very closely to see if we start to climb back. And as we do, they're going to be like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I tend to think this is I mean, temporary. I really do. It's, it's hard to think that this price hit is... No, I mean, I think it, it looks like we, we've handled it quite well. I mean, fingers crossed. There was strong buying that came in at one hundred and ten dollars. It was massive. Yeah, hundred was a pretty like strong price floor. That might be the last time that Monero ever hits. In fact, why don't we just like boldly make the claim that is the last time Monero will ever hit that? <laughs> Tomorrow it would it make goes down to sixty six. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Nighthawk. It was would saying. make a lot of. It would make a exactly. lot of sense, right? I mean, given the after that event and it like it really it was a significant spike down and a bounce up. So yeah, I'd be quite surprised if we went down there again. Let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Monero's still a pretty good deal. Yeah, I know. Honestly, right? <laughs> Even at one twenty, what's it solid? It's a good deal. Yeah. I mean, it's priceless. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a meme. Um. All right, buddy, man. Thank you so much. Stick around Thanks, if you Ed. can. Yeah, I'll be here. And we'll move on. Let's move on to the news. I think Tony's ready. We have. We also have special guest is going to be Monero Noto. Be demoing the Noto to some degree. Going it off. The physical Noto is in hand. That's ex- yeah, it's pretty exciting. So we'll be doing that as well. But uh, let's run the news with Tony. All right. Thanks as always, buddy. Uh, let's jump into the news. And now for our weekly news segment. Hey guys. Hey Tony. Tony, what's up, man? Happy delisting. I didn't celebrate Happy President's Day yesterday, but um, I'm definitely celebrating the delisting today. <laughs> I've, I've completely ignored it, to be honest. Uh, focused, focused on other things. Focused on fa- yeah. family time, which has been quite nice. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I, I'm not really seeing much of an impact, which I, th- I think I'd uh, chalk that up as good news. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I was watching because I, I didn't realize the actual time until I looked like yesterday afternoon. I'm like, oh, it's 
0300 UTC, which is 10 p.m. So I was like up just like watching it. And I was honestly surprised. I thought it was going to go down a lot harder as it was getting towards the end. Um, stuff mm-hmm. was getting finished. But no, honestly, it was it was chilling. And then it made a little bit of a recovery. Yeah. So now if you go on Binance and look for Monero, it's not going to be there anymore. It's going to show that it's uh, unlisted. And uh, then we have this post from Untraceable. It says, Binance will release Monero in less than 12 hours. Binance also has Monero withdrawals halted for the past several hours, citing low hot wallet balance. Um, why would they not have all of their XMR and hot wallet knowing the listing schedule manipulation till the last minute? Here's a picture. Then we have uh, Binance posting a picture of a uh, Binance hat at the beach. And if you zoom in, in the water, you can see a lot of Monero from today. A lot of boating accidents right there. And, um, then if you want to take your Monero and put it somewhere else, you can put it into Cape wallet. They wrote, uh, today's the last day to withdraw your XMR from Binance. Move your coins into non-custodial wallet like Cape Wallet for more sovereignty, privacy, and security. So if you choose to move it into a different place, um, Cape Wallet is a very good option. Um, Unfortunately, during that time when I had tweeted that um, from the account, I think that was when they had started closing withdrawals again. And I don't think they opened it again uh, at all last night. So basically, everyone had to trade for something else on Binance. Yeah, uh, manipulation from the last moment. Uh, then moving on. So actually, this is this is really cool. Um, the VT Nerd um, Monero fund has been funded fully, and I think two weeks ago um, it probably had two thousand dollars, and now it's fully funded. Uh, uh, that is that, that is very good to see. So VT Nerd is going to be working. Um, it's going to put in a lot of hours to improve the security performance and usability, with an end goal of helping to broaden the user base. Okay, moving on, we have a, uh, a hackathon this year for MoneroCon. So if you go on the website, uh, they wrote calling all hackers to join us in Prague this summer, uh, 7th and 9th of June, 2024, at Parallelny Polis for MoneroCon's first hackathon, focused on improving the security, privacy, decentralization, and user experience of uh, Monero. The best code is going to win 2,000 euros, best design, 1.5. Uh, thousand uh, euro and then most innovative is going to win the same as the best design um, the price pool may increase depending on num- number of sponsors that they can get by the event uh, date and the target number of hackers is 100 so if you're interested uh, make sure that you go and and you sign up for this um, you can work in a team you can work in solo so you can choose um, yeah but that's very cool that they have a hackathon for this year and then also uh, Monero wrote uh, if you're interested in sponsoring the the hackathon or other areas of the Monero uh, conference, you know, please email orga at monerocon.com. Then we have a post from Peter Sweden. Uh, the countries that have now joined the farmers' protest, as you guys may know, uh, farmers are protesting in Europe against the climate agenda. Uh, I think pretty much first it started started with uh, Netherlands, then it was Germany, but now uh, it's Poland, Lithuania, Romania, France, Scotland, Portugal, Spain, Italy, Greece, Brit- Britain, uh, Belgium, Ireland, Czech Republic, Wales and probably more. So all of Europe is saying no to the climate agenda. These protests are historic. Yet the mainstream media has been mostly uh, ignoring it. Uh, so this is very, very important and um, very, very big news. Uh, then this is, the, <laughs> this is the first photo of uh, <clears throat> Sam Bankman uh, freed in jail. It just got released. Doesn't look like he's having the best, <laughs> the best of time in jail. It's such a great picture. Yeah. Is that wait? Is that, that real? You watch it, the, uh, is that... <laughs> yeah, that's real. Uh, did you watch the oh video that Tiffany uh, put out? Um, she's referenced in the 
Oh yeah, see fo uh, photo credit Tiffany Fong. She put out a video talking to standing right next to because he got out of prison and he gave her this photo. Oh really? Yeah, it's a it's a funny little video. Oh wow, wow. Am I able it's to real. find it on this thing? Uh, it might be on there. Let me find it. Okay. Yeah, but what? At first, I thought it wasn't real, but um. No, it's real. It's startling. Yeah, yeah. He's he's in jail for life, right? Pretty sure. Yeah, he's charged. Oh, I don't, I don't think. I don't know. I forget what. Then let's talk about uh, Vino's council votes. They wrote from the core team. Hello, all. This is information on registering to vote for Vino's council's third, possibly fourth, and fifth seats. Current requirements to register to vote are a working email and a known online screen name from one of the form. Um, the polls will take place using the CIVS voting software and will take into parts. There'll be a primary election with a write-in, and then the top five ranked candidates will be nominated to the general election, where the winners will be chosen from the top three. Uh, emails will be sent out from the uh, CIVS platform once the polls have started. Fortunately, <laughs> registration. And, yeah, registration is already closed. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, to answer, what is, um, what is what exactly was that all about? So they're I haven't been following that closely. So they're like okay, a yeah, committee so, who's then uh, going to make decisions on, on what to do with the treasury that the money that's collected. Yeah, so Havino Council has two, and this this last vote is for one to potentially seats on the council from chosen from the. Oh, okay. Hmm. And so there's there's other seats that are chosen yeah, this by is the like, Monero community. Yeah. So like uh, Woodser and. Are two right? Okay. So they're trying to get some more and, of that the uh, the Monero community. And then that committee w would be the ones that are kind of dictating the, the the future of Havino, and then deciding where the funds are going as well. I know. Yeah, there I think was it's some treasury talk. stuff. I don't know specifically. I'll... Okay. All right. You'll have to have a show on that soon. I mean, this is what we're talking about, right? We're talking about Monero getting delisted from Binance. Uh, new decentralized. Uh, ways of obtaining Monero are are blossoming, and here's Havino about to about to begin. Right, I think it's it's kind of an any day now thing, right? In terms of yeah, it actually being live, it's getting close. Yeah, uh, which is why they wanted to get this voting out super fast. Uh, starting to to answer fairly reasonable investor question real quick. Could a Pi three B run a full node on its own with a one terabyte SD card or two hundred powered? Yeah, I think you could. Um, it might struggle a little bit, but I think you could run a... Don't quote me on but I think you could. Yeah, I'm not technical enough to say, but I would think you could. We could ask the guys when they're up here for Noto. Um, Go let's ahead, play the next video. So this is about um, forcing miners to censor. So let's go ahead and do this video. So in the DeFi report that you mentioned, we highlighted uh, lots of different types of technical features and compliance controls that can be built in at different layers of the ecosystem that could fork it, focus, for example, at the network layer where miners exist. Um, a good place to start might be something like sanctions. OFAC has already stated in their compliance guidance that miners may already have sanction screening obligations. So a good place to start right now before imposing new AML obligations on miners or those who exist at the network layer could be to enforce the existing obligations when they when they validate transfers going to sanctioned actors like Lazarus Group. <laughs> okay. Um, that's, the, that's the hearing I was talking about with Body. Um, I listened to the whole thing. Monero was mentioned by name. That's kind of, oh, kind of one, of, one of the first that I've heard Monero being met in the halls of Congress. Um, was it yeah, Tony, out there. Tony, I, se I sent you a link. Oh, is that yeah. it? Okay. Yeah, this one. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. You could try playing at the... I can look for... Um... Try playing around two hours and 40 minute mark. Oh, it's like right here? 
Oh, no. Uh, no, further back, like two hours and 40 minutes. Is that? Yeah. Try that. Okay. The person on that Zoom was it apparently a deep fake and it did the transfer and the money's gone. And so that, you know, that is an emerging threat. And the tool at hand for that is a secure digital ID. And that has to be, you know, it's going to be essential, I believe, for just preventing fraud in a wide area. Um, could you, um, in the one minute left, sort of walk me through, you know, when where where things are getting lost right now? When the Koreans, uh, North Koreans, um, you, know, you know, they grab your computer, they, um, you know, they encrypt your files, and your screen has this a message on it. They've right, you've been hit by ransomware. You conclude the best thing to do is pay it off, and so you pay it off, and at some point. The North Koreans get to use that for buying supplies for nuclear weapons or missiles. And so where in the chain does it break right now? Um, does anyone wants to pick it up? Um, I'll, try, I'll, I'll take that one uh, to at yeah. least start. Um, it, it breaks down at the cybersecurity layer. We have to stop these hacks from happening in the first place. Okay, no, that's, I, I don't believe you're ever going to stop ransomware. Just, you, you're screwed. You've decided to pay it off. Then where and so you, you go to your your Bitcoin ATM, you buy your Bitcoin ATM, you pay it off, you transfer it to the wallet, and then where? How do they run and hide? Sure, and that, and that's when law enforcement typically gets involved to start to. Where it's all right. So, but where does it break? Where does it's obviously not working? The Koreans are firing a lot of missiles. Where is it currently breaking? Anyway, I think this is, I'm over time here. So, but if you could just come up with, you know, where, just walk it through from the point that someone, you know, gets some Bitcoin, pays off the ransomware, and then magically it appears in a bank account that the North Koreans use to buy new missile equipment. Where is it currently? The key there at the end of the day, and I'll just, just very, very briefly, is to stop their ability to off-ramp those funds. And that's why so much of what we talked about today becomes so important to ensure compliance to uh, implementation of BATF standards on those points where North Korea can actually off-ramp the funds. Today, we're able to track and trace those funds relatively successfully on blockchains. Thank you. Uh, gentlemen's time has expired. I'd like to thank our witnesses for their testimony today. Without objection, all members... Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing was pretty pretty juicy. There were some juicy parts. Um, or if you go back... There's no transcript, because I wish that I can look it up like a transcript and just look up on there, um, but it's not available. Now. Yeah, kind of scroll back to uh, the first third. That guy. Um, no, Mr. Sherman? No, no, no. He's infamy crypto. Oh, yeah, bash, bash yeah. crypto. You can, you can play him. This guy, this guy. This guy, I think, is the one who mentioned Monero by name. Uh, you could try to get his opening remarks. Try to get this guy. The guy you have on Mr. Mm-hmm. Green. Yep. Try to get... So after that, I think, yeah. Chairman Hill, Member Lynch, and members of the subcommittee, thank you for this opportunity to testify today. My name is Grant Rabin, and I serve as the Director of Financial Crimes Legal at Coinbase, America's largest digital asset exchange. Lead the team of lawyers at Coinbase responsible for anti-money laundering, sanctions, and law enforcement matters. We work collaboratively with law enforcement to, to keep our platform and the broader crypto ecosystem safe. I have spent most of my professional life prosecuting financial crimes and stopping the bad guys from using technology to hurt Americans. I joined Coinbase after a decade as a federal prosecutor in which I focused on the intersection of money laundering and cybercrime. While assigned to lead a suspicious activity report joint federal task force, I first saw reports coming in about Bitcoin-related transactions in 2013. I initiated some of the federal government's earliest criminal investigations into crypto-related money laundering including partnering with FinCEN on one of its first crypto enforcement actions. I also organized and taught at some of the Department of Justice's first national trainings on crypto crime 
for prosecutors and federal agents. I am most proud of my work as a leader of the takedown of the world's largest dark web marketplace, Alphabay, which was described as the most successful cybercrime prosecution in the history of the Internet, and for which I was given the Attorney General's Award, the FBI Director's Award, and the, uh, the Director of National Intelligence's Meritorious Service Award. This man this case Monero. Analytics and uncovering cyber criminals and involved the federal government's first ever seizures of Monero and Zcash. I came to coin. Oh, there we go. There it is. Oh, well, let's go back. Let's it's, go it's back. An important, it's an important moment, guys. I've been listening for for years, waiting for them to mention Monero in Congress. I don't. Th- I think this might be the first. It was I, I want to go back. Name. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be... What's that little shield pin? I was gonna say, uh, is it from Zcash? <laughs> State shit, right? Body, get body up here. Get body up here. Body here, body. I want to hear him say whatever. This case revealed the power of blockchain analytics in uncovering cyber criminals and involved the federal government's first ever seizures of Monero and Zcash. Yeah, I think this is the first time for me too when I hear um, yeah. I hear an actually mention. You, you could but... you could let him uh, let him go a little bit more. Let him let him talk a little bit more. Let him cook. <laughs> let him cook. I came to Coinbase to continue this work. Coinbase is, is a company laser-focused on being the most secure, trusted, and compliant platform in crypto. Our mission is to protect our customers, crypto, and the country. Just like me, hundreds of former national security and compliance professionals have joined the fight for the security of crypto in America. My career has shown me the breadth of tools Congress has given to law enforcement and how they can be applied to new technology and how to make crypto safer. As described in detail in my written testimony, there are four main points that I would like to leave you with today. First, there is a national security imperative to get this right. Keeping crypto here in America ensures compliance, enhances law enforcement, and secures the financial system. The reverse is true. If the pipes and plumbing of a technology that moves value flow elsewhere, the U.S. government loses its ability to shape it. Second, Coinbase has invested heavily in its anti-money laundering program and global intelligence teams that partner with global law enforcement on a daily basis. We are constantly working to leverage new technology to establish a program that rivals any traditional financial institution. We have also led industry-wide anti-money laundering compliance initiatives. We take our obligation to protect Americans seriously. Third, sanctions evasion, terrorist financing, and criminal activity is concentrated with offshore platforms. Law enforcement should use all of the extensive legal tools at its disposal to police those offshore actors today. If additional funding is needed so law enforcement can prioritize crypto, Congress should provide it immediately. Fourth, Coinbase is supportive of legislation provided providing targeted additional tools that will make crypto a safer place. But it is important that Congress be thoughtful about its approach. As this committee knows, Coinbase is held to robust anti-money laundering and know-your-customer standards like any American financial institution. Our work is further bolstered by a characteristic unique to crypto, the public ledger of transactions within the blockchain, which let us trace illicit funds and track those trying to send or receive to a bad actor or a sanctioned party. In this way, crypto is compliance on steroids. It allows for a new dimension of compliance, public ledgers that enable visibility into what users do. That's, on. that's what I wanted. That crypto is compliance on steroids. Go, go, play that again. Bring that back a little bit. Yep actor or a sanctioned party. In this way, crypto is compliance on steroids. It allows for a new dimension of compliance, public ledgers that enable visibility into what users do on and off our platform. In traditional finance, one bank has no visibility into what their customers do at another bank. However, in crypto, public ledgers provide immediate information about what customers are doing across the entire technology. 
which creates better investigative tools that can then be used by law enforcement and compliance departments. Case in point, OFAC has sanctioned around 560 crypto addresses in total, but Coinbase has identified more than 8 million through our proactive investigations. By extrapolating out from these ground truth OFAC addresses, we're able to stop the flow of funds to bad actors in real time. While onshore regulated exchanges invest heavily in compliance to stop bad activity, criminals continue to seek out offshore platforms without those same robust anti-money laundering programs and controls. Those offshore entities often play jurisdictional whack-a-mole, attempting to avoid tough anti-money laundering rules and expecting that regulators won't care. The U.S. government should use all of its existing tools to go after these platforms. Many recent enforcement and actions in the crypto anti-money laundering space are good news. Accountability should happen. Additionally, regulating the broader crypto market through the market structure and stablecoin bill this committee has passed on a bipartisan basis would help create better guidance for the industry and encourage the industry to develop here in America. And while cybersecurity is an issue much bigger than crypto, additional cyber measures and standards would make crypto less vulnerable to cyber attack. In closing, Coinbase is committed to working with Congress and law enforcement to add illicit finance to terrorism. In part in our platforms... I don't know about you guys, but uh, I've been just hearing a lot of like they just kind of show up in places. A lot of advertisements. Mm-hmm. Crypto is compliance like right on steroids. This is just this guy is like the final boss for Monero. He's like the <laughs> this guy is enemy number one. He's coming after us, guys. He's coming after us. Well, he he put it so well yeah. in the words that the fact that in traditional banking they only have your information in that specific bank. But yeah. what most crypto allows you allows people he, to do. He understand he understands Bitcoin very well. He does. Very this well. is what I tell people. I'm like, you, you realize that Bitcoin's like in a lot of ways worse than a credit card, your bank account. Yeah. So. Yes. It's it a is. surveillance dystopia in the making, right? It's like the, the perfect tool. It's the panopticon. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, so obviously he doesn't like, you know, he he's he's one of these guys that sees Monero as a tool for mixing for washing, right? He sees it as a tool that's Used for money laundering. It's evil. The boogeyman. It's a free speech tool, guys. Tool. We got seventy-two people on. Uh, like and share, guys, and subscribe. Give us a. Uh, we get. We gotta get those numbers up. We still have yeah. to hit 10k subscribers. On. We're Set. close. We're close. Yeah, subscribe, guys. Hit that little bell thing. Even if you don't use this shit, comment. Comments <laughs> are good for the algorithms. Just yeah. you know, throw anything in there. Obviously, try to make it relevant, but we'll take anything. Um, Tony, we got a lot more news. Uh, we got two more things, and uh, this yeah, one yeah, is yeah. Something... all right, keep, keep going. So, European Court of Human Rights declares backdoor encryption illegal. So, um, the European Court of Human Rights has ruled that laws requiring crippled encryption and extensive data retention violate the European Convention on Human Rights. Um, on Tuesday, stating that the contested legislation providing for the retention of all internet communications of all users, the security services direct access to the data stored without adequate safeguards against abuse and the requirement to decrypt encrypted communications as applied to end to encrypted communications cannot be regarded as necessary in a democratic society. So basically them breaking into your conversations, the government's breaking into your conversations, as far as I understand, this should be um, illegal, which uh, um, they, they use the excuse that um, they have these back doors so that they, uh, they try to track all these criminals and uh, uh, capture them and, you know, um, which, you know, it's nice, but actually what they use it for is uh, to spy on everybody. So um, is it going to be illegal? That's 
that's gonna be to see. Well, it's it's good news to see them declaring it illegal, right? It's good to see that that yeah. that that culture is there. Step in the right direction. Definitely. Um, keep going, keep going. Uh, this is this is the last thing. So uh, Canada is banning the Flipper Zero and similar devices. It's likely only a matter of time before we see these devices under legislative scrutiny in the U.S. This begs the question: Are cyber weapons protected under the, under the two A second? Ah, okay. I actually just saw this today. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So, uh, if you're buying a flipper, use Monero to do so, obviously. And uh, I saw somebody no. selling a flipper with Monero mark. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <that's> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but that that's that's all the news for uh, this week. That's such a Canada thing. Remsey. Oh, you know what? Uh, speaking of new, bring up Monerotopia. Monerotopia.com. Remsey, we absolutely want Coinbase to list XMR. Owning your own keys will never be mainstream. And we need company Coinbase is... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Binance have proved this is a bigger issue than it like than like benefit it gives because like Binance having Monero on there. Most of the people that bought Monero on there was just on Binance pay, being held in paper by Binance. It wasn't real. And I could see, like, Coinbase, like, maybe they're better. Maybe they'll provide, like, a an on-off ramp for them. But this is, it's not the ideal for it to happen. We need to, like, work on, like, new ways on ramp to Monero. Which I think for a long time was going to DEXs from other coins at this point. Yeah. Was Rumsey being sarcastic, though? I don't know. Rumsey, you could jump up <laughs> and uh, give us your full take on that. Um, yeah, so Monerotopia. We're going to officially announce it. Right now, here it is, Monerotopia, 2024, Buenos Aires, Argentina, November 1st through the 3rd. So still a long way off, but that will come up quickly. So it's a big trip for many people. Uh, a lot of people, I think, that tune into this show don't necessarily live in Argentina or, or, or near the area. I mean, maybe we have some, but uh, so it might be a big trip for a lot of people, but something to consider if you're going to consider it. Start considering it now. Make plans. Uh, it, it's going to be great. It's going to be epic. We're going to have it in Pla- – well, we're not 100% sure on location, but uh, current thinking is in Plaza Serrano. It's a popular area in the heart of Buenos Aires in kind of like the uh, – near Palermo, Soho. It's like the kind of hip area of Buenos Aires. There's a, this plaza that everybody hangs out at. There's a bunch of bars around it. And on the weekends, they have a marketplace every weekend. So we're going to try to tie into the Plaza Serrano market, get them to accept Monero for the weekend, and then the conference will take place also kind of in the marketplace nearby. We're renting out a bar restaurant with the kind of a second floor area where we'll be able to, if everything works out, uh, you'll see you know the um, the marketplace outside taking place. It should it should be cool. There's there's a big vision, um, and it seems to be coming together. We've had a good conversation with the owner of the bar. He seems very open and accommodating to our needs. And so we'll do it on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, the marketplace will be rocking. Hopefully we have good weather. That's the that's kind of like the really can go wrong. Um, although anybody who came to Mexico know, that was there. We did experience bad weather there. But, uh, but it was warm, so it wasn't too bad. I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously in Argentina – It'll it'll be it'll be warm as well, but it might be I don't know I don't know if they're built to in Mexico like the I don't know if you guys uh, Tux do you remember that when it when it poured and how the the marketplace kind of responded and they they kind of kept going they had all their little tents yeah up. I mean we had that uh, we had that that uh, that kind of dome right and that that worked yeah we had well. the, the dome was awesome that was epic we had it the rain coming well. down the thunder in the background and we had like the the, the entire <laughs> Monero panel up there that was like 
fantastic vibes. But the the marketplace outside, uh, I guess they're used to rain, rain, so they like kind of huddled down for like an hour and then they just like reopened. But I'm not sure that this marketplace is as resilient as that one in Mexico. Uh, kind of a different style. So hoping we don't get rain. But other than that, it should be should be super cool, and we'll have the experience of the marketplace. Uh, plus the, the talks that will be taking place inside, everybody hanging out at the bar, obviously everything, Monero Bay. Um, so yeah, if you want to buy a ticket, uh, I recommend jumping on that because we will slowly raise prices as we go. Um, VIPs, I don't know how many we're going to have. We haven't decided yet. It's going to kind of depend on the location. Um, and you know, where we, where we go for the speaker dinner. That's the big thing. The big difference between the VIP, VIP ticket and anything else, speaker dinner, select the location for that. I assume a lot of people are going to want to do that. It, it ends up being a very nice party. Um, and you'll hang out with all this. So highly consider that one if you're interested in that and grabbing it. Cause we're going to, I'm sure have to limit it at some point. Regular general admission we have listed for 89. So we try to keep this super cheap. The expense is going to be flying down there. Right. Uh, but Argentina itself is very, if you've watched this show, you know that already, uh, you know that crypto is big. It's naturally growing there in Argentina. So there's, there's just so many reasons why we're doing it there. Um, so 89 bucks. And then if you're a local, $25 and we'll price at that price. So anybody who can't afford the ticket or whatever is in the area has made their way to, to Buenos Aires to attend this. And if money is the issue, uh, just buy the, the $25 ticket. We try to get as many people involved as we can. And so this is also, it's going to take place alongside La Bitcom at the same time, same weekend, just in a different part of town. So anybody goes to Monero Utopia. If you want, you can go La Bitconf. You'll have to buy a ticket for that, but they're very reasonably priced as well. Oh, so it's at the same be. time? Not like following? Yeah, a, no, we're going to do it during the same time because this marketplace is only open on the weekend. Um, so oh, I see. The thinking is people could still go Thursday to La Bitconf. And, uh, you know, they could go back and forth. We're hoping that we get some like, BitConf people to come check out Monerotopia as well. Especially because it's at That'd Plaza cool. Serrano, and it's like a touristy thing to do anyway. Like, if you're going to Argentina, most people go visit Plaza Serrano anyway. Um, so we're thinking uh, if we get the word out to the La BitConf people, maybe they'll be stopping by the Monero marketplace to check it out. You know, we get, get a How nice How far is it from the La BitConf venue? Do you know? Uh, it's like a 15-minute cab ride. It's not bad. Buenos Aires is like is like New York City. So anything, even if it's oh, yeah. close, it's far. You know, it's just like the traffic and like it's a very it's a very busy city. It's a tremendous. Um, so it's actually pretty close. It's like a fifteen minute cab, and the cabs are super cheap, very reasonably priced. And yeah, that, those are the details. That's kind of cool. Running it right along yeah. the side. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, are, uh, does that yeah, does it yeah. sound I sound? Mean, if it would have been cool if you could have ran it like right after you said that, but yeah, no, I think I think doing yeah. it on the same weekend yeah. you could potentially get a couple people check it out at least, maybe some people. Yeah, I think and, you know we'll try to figure out how we can get the word out. Maybe we'll even have like a a stand at La Bitconf, so we'll be there, like have somebody running a stand there, um, and then kind of informing people about Monero Top. Maybe it's an idea, uh, and then we're probably gonna have. Probably some of the people that speak at Monerotopia are going to want to go and speak at LeBitConf as well. So we'll put them in touch with BitConf people. I know they're probably going to want to pill for some of our speakers, figure they're in town. And that will be good. That will be good for exposure for Monero. Um, maybe we'll get some talks 
taking place at La Bitconf that are Monero related. Well, so, and yeah, that's it. It's it's a long way off, but it's going to go fast. It's already feels like it's coming fast for us. So buy a ticket, or more importantly, reach out to us. Monerotopia at protonmail.com. Uh, for any reasons regarding this conference, if you live in Argentina and you have ideas about it, if you want to uh, come and be a vendor, um, obviously, so anybody that wants to come there and sell things for Monero, you know, we, we're not going to charge you for that. Like, just like with Monero Topia is a past, um, if you want to come sell some product or, uh, you know, whatever it may be, you want to come participate in the Monero marketplace, we'll have a space for you. Um, People that do want to come and, you know, shill their products, uh, shill their, their services, if they're large companies, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll be seeking, uh, sponsorships from, from those, from those people. But if you're, if you're small time and you're just looking to sell something, Monero based, yeah, you're, you know, come for free, set up your stand. Um, we kind of had a whole Monero adoption alley last, last time. So any projects that fit into that realm come and we'll, we'll set you up. If you want to be a sponsor, hit us up. We're going to have the two stage sponsors and we're going to have the privacy tech sponsors. So hit us up for that. So the big, oh, that's also the big thing too. With this year, sorry guys, I had to mute myself. Uh, this year we're going to be doing Copa Monero. So Tony, you want to scroll up to that? As if Monerotopia wasn't enough, uh, we're doing Copa Monero. It's a, a tournament, a soccer football tournament that's going to take place in Ibadete in Monero town. Uh, Alessandro is working on that for us. It's going to be 12, I believe 12. Oh, wow. They're play f- 15 Whoa. games. They're all oh local God. to the region. All the games are going to be played at the Copa Monero Stadium, at the Monero Town Stadium, uh, the Libertad Stadium. Um, they're all going to be live streamed. And we got like a a professional, a company that does this professionally for, for leagues in Argentina. So it should be super cool. So all the games will be live streamed and they're going to take place over the course of, uh, I don't know, like six months leading up to the conference. And just, so it's just, I mean, you know, just a cool thing that we're trying to pull off. Um, and I think we'll get some, some good traction locally with Monero. I mean, this is going to be a big deal for their community. People are going to be coming out to the games. They'll be filling the stadium. They may not know exactly what the hell's going on with regards to Monero. Why is it called Copa Monero? But they're, but they're going to learn. And the word's going to spread that there's going to be a big Monero prize um, to the winner of the Copa is going to win a large Monero-based re- uh, award, the winning team. So that, so that should be cool. But I mention this now with Monerotopia because we're also we're trying to get this like sponsored as well, right? There's a lot of costs that come along with this. So anybody that sponsors Monerotopia, that's a, a large enough sponsor, will also automatically be a sponsor of one of the 12 Copa Monero teams. And so as we play those games of six months leading up to it, we'll get your sponsorship and you'll help contribute towards making Copa Monero. Th- um, so yeah, that's that's it for now. Obviously a lot more coming soon, uh, but I think that's all we need to put out there for now. It's going to be a lot of fun. It already sounds it's going to be really it's going to be really cool i mean it's going to be great it's um and yeah for people a lot of people who are on the fence about the this this is a great excuse to come down to our, our there's there's amazing things that are happening you are a libertarian it's a great place it's kind of like the mecca of, of one of the meccas right now places to live to, to visit where liberty is blossoming right um, fingers crossed it'll be very exciting good excuse to come down there if you're a steak eater oh my god well worth it right there <laughs> you are and... moving already <laughs> it's gonna be fantastic it's gonna be good 
Uh, it'll be right before the holidays, too, so you could do your Christmas shopping, right? That's what I'm thinking, too, right? People can bring back all their Christmas gifts paid for with Monero at the Monero market. And, and, and it's far enough away from MoneroCon that we won't conflict in any way. It was part of the number. How is, uh, how is November, uh, like, season-wise? And are it still pretty fairly warm? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's hot. We were, we were just there in November. Um, it's not, like, super hot. So it's probably, it's, it's like, hot. a pretty good time to do it better than the summer yeah yeah summer is like new york it's like new york in in july august it's really hot the only thing is in november though you do do you still get rain you know um so that's but i think we contend with it i'm sure you know worst case scenario the conference would just continue in the bar restaurant which is fine um yeah should be good that's it guys that's all i got on monerotopia monerotopia.com and we can move on uh i guess we'll we'll bring up the special guest right Tony, you're, you're good with uh, all the news? Yep. yep, that was it for this week. Yep. All right. Thanks, Tony. Let's do it. It's from the guest segment. Yeah, okay. stick around again, Tony. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by CakeWallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android 2. CakeWallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. All right. Hello, hello. Hello. Rindle. How is uh, how's my microphone? Is it any good? Yeah, your mic is yep. Can you hear me all right? All right. I just have a lot of background noise over here, guys. I apologize. How, how's my sound? Can you do you hear all the noise? Uh, we, in the background? we can hear you fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's there's like karaoke singing taking place like <laughs> in very close proximity. Um, Where even are you? I'm in Puerto Rico. Can can you not? There's, there's a yeah, little now I can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in Puerto Rico. Um, no complaints here on that. I'm here for a family trip. It's been, ah, been amazing okay, okay. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we wanted to do this show today because of the delisting. I don't know if you guys have been following along. Oh, and... barely, but I, I heard the body go off for a good hour about uh, how fucking awful Binance is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You, you guys have any comments on that? What do you, what do you, ta- what are you thinking of the delisting in, in terms of uh, how things have shook out? Uh, I mean, I'm only optimistic. Uh, I'm completely confident that Monero is going to go back up. Uh, it has no reason not to. Uh, Monero has a lot more utility than any other coin I know, so I um, I'm not worried one bit, and I hope it gets delisted on Coinbase too. I'll rent. Well, yeah, no, it's, it's never been listed on Coinbase. Listed oh, really? Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks, guys. It's kind of amusing <laughs> to see regulators catch up. Uh, yeah. Years later. Yeah, and it's uh, also funny when they were when we were playing the video. It's like the Monero Nodo is scrolling at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> ML for miners and it's like order and plug and play dedicated Monero node today at node.com. Yeah, perfect. Just scooting into view. <clears throat> yeah, we, we, we took some risks with collecting. Obviously, we only accept Monero for, for the nodos that are sold, um, which is which is obvious. We also don't move our Monero here. We keep it in Monero. We store our wealth in Monero for better or worse. So that's been a little, a little, a little scary there um, because people have been purchasing yeah, their nodos. And, uh, but We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work um, if I have to use. Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much. Yeah, yeah, we should we should be good. Um, but yeah, that, that that's just, been okay. exciting for me. Like, all right, you want to opt out? <laughs> Here you go, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm 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 excited to, to see it build out, build back stronger than ever. But yeah, we wanted yeah. to bring you guys on because I think we are finally ready to show the noto, right? You, Brindo, you you have it. Hell yeah, in yeah. your hands. I, I have a... It's it's real. I am touching it as we speak. <laughs> um, I just really quickly wanted to um, uh, mention uh, from Tuxudo or the, the, the commenter uh, on the Pi 3B, if you should run a Monero yes. node on there. I, 
Yeah. I would personally not do it. Uh, the Raspberry Pi 3 does not have uh, hardware AES, so it's going to be slow as fuck. Um, you're probably better off, you know, buying an Odo or buying uh, any of the newer uh, single board computers uh, that do have hardware AES. Uh, a couple of them have onboard uh, NVMe as well for an SSD for a nice, fast uh, read and write speeds, which the Odo has as well. Um, yeah, so yeah, she's one of the. It'll be very reliable. It'll work. Yeah, that too. It also does not have onboard um, EMMC, so you're going to be at the mercy of the SD card that's in there. And I've had quite a few die on me uh, in the middle of working on a Raspberry Pi a couple of years back. So not a fun experience. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you guys can. You, it's not that hard to run your own node, but what Monero Nodo is trying to be is obviously the easiest way to do it, but combining that with also being kind of the most reliable way to do it. Uh, so you yes. can continuously you plug it in run and it works. A, run, yeah, so you continuously run a dedicated node that's there for you 24-7 <clears throat> for, for years. You know, uh, we're yes. saying, I think, five five years at this point is kind of the estimate, of, but um, I think it's, it's fair to say longer than that. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's like it, uh, it, it's hacker-friendly, so to say. So that means, like, you can open it up, you can... Uh, you, you can unscrew it. You can plug in a new SSD if it, you know, for whatever reason uh, dies, or we can do it for you. You know, uh, it's 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 meant to be reliable for a very long time. Uh, the case is aluminum. I'll show you it in a bit. Uh, so, is the RAM soldered, or is it using uh, sodium? Is that I don't know off the top of my head. Abdullah probably does. It is soldered, yes, but we should be able to unsolder and uh, desolder. Upgraded RAM in the future. If all right, Brent, right, there Brent, you, you want to bring it up? You want to, You want to show it? Hell yeah! All right, uh, gonna do a first time using a camera. I hope the feed is okay. I know it's gray right now. Can you Can you see this? Yes, I love it. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, all right, all right. Hand reveal. We anyway, uh, we know nothing else about the man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here you have it. This is oh, it's uh, beautiful. a little screensaver. Yeah. Do you have any wow. idea what time it is, dude? Here's uh, the nice Lee. Um, yeah, what do you call this? Embossed uh, Monero logo or Noda logo? It's oh, beautiful! Uh, it's beautiful. Here, here's it's the news beautiful. you guys were talking about earlier. Oh my goodness! <laughs> there it is. Nice. So, guys, yeah, as, as your as your Noda is running, one of the apps that's on it is uh, a way to see, see the news. It's just gonna yeah, it's a little news carousel. Uh, we plan carousel. on expanding on this a little bit so that it can also show like uh, stats on the blockchain currently. Uh, we haven't gotten around to that yet because I've been a little bit on time constraints. Uh, working on this to be in time for the for the demo, um, but yeah, we, we, we plan on adding more on this. Uh, we, we'd like to show like uh, listings on certain marketplaces if they support it. Uh, it uses RSS on the back end, so if you have an RSS feed and we can use it, um, we can we can add it on here easily. Uh, it includes the official Monero sources as well. Thought that was cool. It's kind of kind of dated news by now, but you know if there's a new version out, it'll it'll show in here as well. So yeah. Uh, and now, Brindle, you, the, you made hardware. you made it in like in the settings a way to kind of adjust the uh, the carousel or, or what RSS uh, yes. are pulling Hold in. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's in the settings. It's currently not working yet. Uh, there's a couple of okay. uh, yeah. features in the UI that aren't hooked up yet to uh, the actual device. Uh, the, the web okay. UI is finished, but I, I can't really show you that right now. I'm sorry, but it uh, it, it, it works. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, I mean the, the, the reason why, guys, so like the. the yeah, just just to let people know, right? So so Brindle finished the UI quite some time ago, but this is the first time he's had his hands on the Noto, right? He just got it what? Like, yeah, uh, the the web ago, UI right? and this UI are two completely different things. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, the, the web UI is in HTML, JavaScript, um, 
Uh, th this one is in Qt, which is like a, a graphics uh, oh, library. Yeah, the KDE framework. Nice. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, so it, it, it had to be done completely from scratch and to make oh, it look so you made two similar to interfaces. Yep, but we, we tried to make them look wow. the same. <clears throat> so you got the same a lot of work. Uh, thing here. I'm, I'm sorry about the lighting, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a bit hard to see, but here you go. Oh, we can read it. Uh, th this is actual uh, live uh, feed. Th this isn't done yet. Uh, this is also not done yet. I'm sorry. Uh, like I said, there's been some time constraints. It took a while for this thing to get here, um, but it is what it is. Yeah, uh, no we, worries, we, man. I, I'm just, I'd love I just to show to it again the when it's actually the physical, finished. The physical work you know. To, yeah, of course. Well, obviously, I'm going to have having you guys on as as we evolve. Um, that thing looks really slick, and that's a, that's an OLED display, right? Yeah, it is. It's OLED, Pretty and large. it's um, a custom CNC machined aluminum. So uh, if you toss this at somebody at a high enough velocity, they'll probably die. So it's it's really sturdy. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, you know, yeah, hypothetically. Are you during, during you know a, a, a boating like trip. <laughs> to, to defend a wrench? It could be used to defend a wrench attack. That's that's part. Yes, of this is yeah. This is the device against a five dollar wrench attack. <laughs> what seed phrase? Anyway, um, oh, here you can. Uh, if you want to run your own operating system on here, uh, you can do that via SD card, like any other uh, SBC. Uh, this button here, the reset button, is going to go away because that's a really good way to corrupt the blockchain. Uh, like I yep. said, it's a prototype, so there, there's going to be a couple of small changes. Um, here's the power button, of course. Here's the um, uh, the make number. So I, I got number two. I wonder who has number one. Abdullah. Oh yeah, uh, anyway. I forgot how that that shook out. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, that's still, that's still in China. <laughs> um, you can pl you can plug in uh, an HDMI. Uh, the power source is USB C, so you can plug in your phone charger if you wanted to, uh, or really any any USB C as long as it draws enough power. Um, you've got a <laughs> beautiful uh, Abdullah. You've man, a, you did an amazing job designing. Yeah, this, this thing. thing when I when I first had, it, I was like, wow, really, I was uh, not expecting yeah. that. Wait, what's <clears> the um, <throat> is that a two point five gig NIC? For the yes, it is. I believe so. Uh, yes, yes, it is. Solid yeah. I/O for that little thing. Huh? Hell yeah! Um, it's got Wi-Fi six E. If I'm reading this correctly, and Bluetooth five. Uh, let's see here. What else do we have? We have the beautiful Monero logo, and this is just beautiful aluminum. This thing is amazing. Slick. Uh, another thing with the prototype is uh, the final product will have a better uh, Gorilla Glass uh, version than this one. This one is a little bit cloudy. You can probably see that on the on the camera, but it is what it is. It looks clearer IRL than on the camera. It's just my, yeah, my that's my the anti-glare um, layer on top, and that's adding fogginess. Yeah, we've gotten better, better materials for the production models. Uh, Gorilla gra uh, Glass 3, so it's more sturdy as well. And, uh, there are a bit of uh, design um, details as well. Just, like the display is slightly recessed inside, so the orange uh, border the, or or, or bezel you see on the outside, that's actually gonna be uh, like a protective uh, uh, barrier if in case it drops and things like that. So, yeah, a lot right. of details. Um, I can't wait to, to uh, go ahead, Dex. I'll boot from USB. News? Sorry, what was that? Oh, I was just asking if you yes. wanted to use like an external OS, are you able to boot from USB? Or uh, yes, actually, there is a. Uh, there's a recess button here that says boot. Uh, if you plug in a uh, USB here uh, and you, you press this one, it'll uh, load from the USB. Um, there's, there's no special button for the SD card because it, it'll always boot from SD card if there's a bootable uh, OS on there. So, And uh, the recovery button, which is 
it, there, there's a, bun, a bunch of scripts on here that if the blockchain for some reason corrupts or something, uh, it'll it'll reset it. It'll try to recover first, and then uh, if it can't, it'll reset it. So will the firmware be updatable, or is it just like up to the mercy of the vendor? Basically, up to the mercy of the vendor, but we might be able to to arrange something for that. <clears throat> oh yeah, I'm it also awe. does auto updates. I'm in awe way. of the Nodo yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. beautiful, isn't it? I thought I might intro a little bit uh, the project uh, for people who might not know uh, or have yes, heard of yes, it please, before. please, please do and and cover all the features uh, that that this thing offers. Well, the question we started with, you know, can this run, can can I run a full node on a Raspberry Pi on an SD card, for example? Uh, actually, a classic example um, that the node addresses. Um, and that was the idea, that the hardware limitation with many single board computers. There was, you know, I, um, that's how it started. I, I could see, you know, a lot of people struggling to run their nodes and the different uh, types of... Uh, ports and uh, inputs and outputs and that presented various types of bottlenecks a code discrepancy um but uh yeah and and pinode xmr had the basis and framework for the software for for all single board computers not uh, not just raspberry pis and so with that as a starting point and the need to streamline and optimize something for software for um a particular hardware stack um, yeah, that's when I kind of reached out to Doug in late 2021 and, uh, we got to talking and, you know, with the patronage and support as well as with support of other community members. Um, yeah, we, we started with something and, you know, the end result that you see here is, is quite, um, different from, from where we actually started and, um, Oh, for uh, sure. I, yeah. Yeah, and I should point out that Doug has been more than just uh, you know a kind of uh, a passive benefactor. He's uh, his vision and uh, kind of ideas made uh, brought in a lot of changes, such as the larger display that you see as well, and the news kind of uh, feature, and uh, and so it's been really a very fruitful collaboration. Uh, and so what you see here is essentially bespoke hardware. The chip inside is um, can be found anywhere else on Earth. Completely um, unique in its configuration and uh, as well as state-of-the-art for now. Uh, technology is always moving forward. It's always evolving. And, you know, so computational power increases um, every year. But uh, today, this is uh, one of the fastest single-board computers that uh, you could buy. Um, for any purpose, not just for running a node. And um, yeah, I think the car picks that up. Monero oh, wow. specific design to accommodate the needs of you know a blockchain for several years, and um, that's kind of also the problem with a lot of the smaller and slower storage uh, um, things like SD cards and VME. Um, sorry, uh, SATA SSD. Um, so which are slower? Um, right. And so it's uh, yeah. I'm, uh, we're very proud to have reached this milestone. It's been a labor of time-intensive uh, um, project with uh, developments, uh, many simultaneous developments at the same time. And uh, so, yeah, since then, we've increased uh, the size of the display, um, uh, which, is now an, <clears throat> which is now an OLED with uh, Gorilla Glass and um, a 45-watt uh, power supply and an increased uh, storage capacity. So we started with one terabyte 
and now we're offering two terabyte by default. And so that really allows us to push the longevity of um, blockchain support to well past uh, five years to close to around eight years or so, could be more. And uh, Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll be shipping these uh, pre-synced. So you'll have uh, you'll just have pretty much to sh- uh, plug these in and um, sync the blocks that have um, yet to be synced since um, it was last synced. Um, and uh, also, we've identified a team for the security audit who are standing by. Yes. And while great you know, bug fix get all this working, it took quite a lot of uh, I can vouch for the work that Brindell and you know, other developers have uh, have put in to to get us to um, uh, a functional prototype uh, on the software end. We'll continue to yeah, polish I, and find. I'd, I'd like to add some detail there too. Um, we uh, uh, earlier in the news you were talking about VT Nerds uh, Light Wallet Server, which also runs on this thing. You can uh, we, we've talked about this before. You can run uh, if you have a Light Wallet, uh, you can use this as the Light Wallet Server. Uh, which adds, you know, the the uh, the added privacy of having it in your own home instead of having it on, on some dude's server. Uh, but on top of that, we would also uh, we're also working on including App Armor out of the box so that uh, each application on this thing uh, runs sufficiently isolated so that if something goes wrong somewhere, uh, you know, like there's some exploit maybe in the Light Wallet server, it won't actually uh, trickle down to other things running on it. Uh, there's also a uh, block explorer which is not shown in the on-screen UI. We would like to keep that just on the web UI. Um, but yeah, also to answer the question on screen, uh, is it normie friendly? We would we're aiming for it to be as normie friendly as possible. Uh, like I said at the beginning, you plug it in uh, and you've got a node. <clears throat> uh, there, there's a, network, a networks tab um, where again this isn't entirely working yet, but it'll show the uh, local address uh, and the port. And then a QR code, which you can scan on your uh, wallet, like Cake Wallet or Monerio, uh, and you're connected. Uh, and it can also work through Tor, which also runs on here. But it's again, it's not fully functional yet, but it will be. Uh, and I mean, yeah, th- this you... this thing was designed to be as as normie friendly as possible, right? It was yes, it was built well, out of that need. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was built for me, right? It's like if two men can yeah, exactly. use it, anybody can use it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm very, I'm very lazy with my, you know, I know what needs to be done, the right things that need to be done. Uh, but I just want like a thing that does it for me. And so that's a lot of what Nodo is about. So it's a way to, uh, easily run a node and secure the network. Everybody's always talking about it. Now you, no excuse, plug and play, boom. Uh, and exactly. then it also becomes a way to use Monero in the best way possible with regards to the Lightwalt server. Uh, and just using using your own node, even if you're just using your own node and you're not using the Lightwalt server, you're running Cake, but now you're pointing it to your to your Nodo. So you're using your own node, exactly. and there's secure there's security and privacy that comes with that. So it just becomes the best way to use Monero. Uh, and then the Lightwalt server just takes it to the next level. Um, we're working with Cake Wallet so that you'll be able to use the Lightwalt server uh, on Cake Wallet. Uh, we could bring Tux up. Is Tux? Hi, I'm still Tux here. Could, can, may, can maybe comment on that. Tux, you want to comment on that? Like what, what needs to happen on, on the cake side for us to get to the point where uh, somebody could easily run the Lightwalt server on cake and integrate with the with their Nodo? Yeah, we still have to uh, get the Lightwalt server support integrated, uh, and that may or may not be done before 
the Monero core libraries for Cake Wallet are rewritten. So we may have to wait till that won't be a really long time, but we'll uh, we'll see if that if it looks like that's going to take a while, then we may end up just integrating Lightwallet to the current Cake Wallet so that it can be okay. So obviously, right off the bat, anybody using Cake can use the Nodo just to to point, you know, make that your node, right, as opposed to some random node that Cake is supplying. Um, but yeah, Lightwallet server functionality not yet on Cake. You can uh, use it with the My Monero wallet. Um, there's some um, other wallets that that use the the Monero uh, the My Monero server as well. But yeah, not not Cake yet for Elda. Nodo is Cake wallet for running a Monero. Yeah, basically that's basically what it is. Yeah, um, easy. Like I, I said, the, the Light Wallet protocol is public, so uh, it should be easy to implement, and I'm more than welcome to help out. Um, if necessary. It's pretty straightforward and we'll figure it out eventually. Uh, I have no doubt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that it's, um, you know, Tor based as well, right? So that's that's the default. Yes, right? the, there's an the option to run. run. Well, it's not the default because, you know, for ease of use, uh, but it's one toggle away and the, uh, either uh, you run uh, like a, a way to connect to the node only uh, through Tor if you want to, or you can run the entire thing uh, through the Tor network. If you if you feel like it, uh, we we don't make that a default because it takes quite a hit on the sync time, uh, which not everybody okay. is waiting for. <clears throat> but it, it's still up for debate. Um, I personally think it's better to leave it off by default and let people turn it on if they enjoy the privacy. Well, it has its other uses as well. For example, if you can be bothered with uh, port forwarding and things of this nature, then yes, you that's might... a good point. Or which, in which case, you can use it remotely, like you're outside your house, you're at a restaurant somewhere, or you know, uh, away from your local network, and you could still be able to use your node um, to uh, process transactions. Yes. Yeah, that's 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 really important to bring. Yeah, I, I, that that was so it actually makes it more user friendly, right? In terms of right, default right. using it with Tor. Um, so well, yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. In that case, yeah, no. But, but that, that is that that is on by default. Yes, I, I meant like mm -hmm, the whole mm -hmm. routing everything to Tor is not on by default. And yeah, it's really yeah, easy yeah. to toggle them on and off. Uh, it's just simple, like you know, on your phone, how you switch on. Yeah, and it's off. three taps away. As straightforward as that. There's a switch, and yeah, there's some fields. Maybe uh, it gives you the address, and that's linked to the QR code. So it's all pretty straightforward once you know. How. Yeah. The true test will be when you send me my Noto and I plug it in. <laughs> and we see how, how quickly I get a, the developer's a node up and running. The test, but I don't... <laughs> <laughs> and connect it to my cake wallet. Let's, let's see. Let's see. It's uh, great, though. You get, I mean, we have a great... Like, you, we will figure out any issue. As yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get my mom to get try it. Get it up and running. We'll, we'll make it as, it out, as smooth it as can be. Yeah. It's going to be just like butter. That, uh, like butter. The node is, um, has been built and is synced on, on the Nodo, so it's working right now as a node. Some features, like the LWS, we just haven't plugged them in yet. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. only the UI on the on the screen that isn't working yet. On the web, uh, the web UI is fully functional, yeah. Yep. Florida, Florida is saying, I will not trust this product having been developed in China. Privacy crypto to mission critical to have uh, components be built by one of the authoritarian regimes. Well, which device well, do you trust the that? you're using right now is probably like assembled yeah. and manufactured in China. Yeah, if you say you can't buy... You go build uh, your own chip. I know, then you can't use anything. Yeah. Which, I mean, isn't yeah. like replacing that argument, just like the reality of... Well, I mean, it's a valid concern, but it's, you know... Find, but that's find it. Uh, 
We have taken uh, steps to mitigate security concerns uh, to a very great degree. Um, yeah, as well as an independent security audit. So rest assured, uh, I mean, you're not holding any funds on here. So yeah, that, that's another thing. There, you're not putting your private keys on this thing. This thing will only host the blockchain, and optionally, if you want to, and if you have a wallet that supports it, your public key. But that's completely up to you. You don't have to use it. It's not. It's not holding you at gunpoint for that. But there's, there's no. In no case are you putting your private key on this thing. Right. If anything, your, you know, your view key. Use the LWS, right? Yes. Optionally, even then, we've yeah. severely limited the ability to remotely change any variables in the system, um, and that partly is due to App Armor, and I think Bridel mentioned that, and that's basically saying uh, putting read and write uh, permissions on, on on files which have variables, and yeah. so it's not going to be easy to hack in and uh, change like your mining address to an, a different address, for example. If that's yeah, and. You'll, you'll pretty quickly realize what if it, you know if it happens at all. You, you'll realize it pretty quickly. Appreciate good documentation in regards to privacy. Thanks for your explanation. No problem. <clears throat> yeah, that's a good question. It was a fair, Being fair question. Being project, security has been pretty much uh, at the forefront of everything. Um, yes. Uh, another inclusion uh, for security is the real-time clock. So if you imagine a computer, a PC motherboard that has a small slot where you insert a a round battery. Um, uh, most single board computers don't have that. They rely on um, a battery that you plug in separately to maintain um, the accurate time of, of the system. And that's uh, you do that because oh. uh, that's a vulnerability. If you know if there's a difference between um, the time that, that that actually is and the system time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there, that's a flaw. Uh, so. Uh, maintaining time is very important, and so as part of the uh, custom chipset, the single board um, computer has its own battery module, uh, right. its own time clock on board, so you can't just unplug the clock, and uh, so even for physical, um, 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 you know, from the physical side, we've got things covered as well. Um, right. Yeah, if you ever power this thing off and you power it back on, you're not going to be stuck waiting for uh, it to find the correct time uh, before it can even sync because uh, having the correct time is very important for um, for keeping your blockchain in sync otherwise other nodes are going to think you're malicious and they're going to block you <clears throat> so yeah yeah it was a good uh, good addition uh and like, like i said before the, you no go ahead the, no just the the detail that's in the nodo it, it's uh we've put a lot of work into this project yet. yeah yeah we, we like it we like Congrats, the, by the way. Sure, I, I know we're not at the finish thank line you, thank yet, you. but cheers. cheers well, we're, we're pretty damn far at this point. <laughs> cheers, man. <laughs> yeah, even show. Uh, cheers, this man. Far. Amazing job. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I think this is just the beginning. I mean, we've got this far, and uh, it's been a real accomplishment to everyone involved, uh, even the mm -hmm. you know, other people behind the scenes. But um, I, I would say that uh, going forward, uh, things like you know mining restrictions. I mean, these these are this is going to be a problem. And uh, compliance is something that we've run into uh, essentially um, as well. Um, so uh, be prepared that in the future we might just ship these out without anything on it because that becomes a thing. You know, it's a minor. We ship these as a minor. For now, it's fine. But when we started, none of the no, none of this. Uh, uh, was on the table like uh, n nobody was talking about regulating miners and asking for their energy. yeah 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 
their location yeah. and stuff. So things have been changing, and we've had to adapt. And uh, and so yeah, we're it's it's kind of like a, a, a guerrilla warfare in a sense. Uh, the the, so. the nodo is is the musket of Monero revolution. <laughs> exactly. Everyone needs one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you guys like it, man. It warms my heart, man. Yeah, Brindle. Yeah, you, uh, you this done. This is a good time Thanks to for... show some of um, some of the other images of the black case. Are you able to see my screen? Yeah, go ahead. Uh... Uh, so yeah, this is in black. Um, just some again prototypes. I should point out that we're getting rid of this reset button because uh, it's a hardware button that uh, it's a hardware reset that we're unable to figure, and uh, it's just how Rockchip is configured. Um, and so we're gonna be getting rid, rid of this. And yeah, most single board computers have a, have a reset button that'll uh, instantly reset the device, uh, which is not something you'd want to do when there's a node currently syncing. But that's how you get in trouble. Well, there's a difference between a hardware reset and a software reset. A software reset can be safe. So it, it shuts all the programs down safely and then reboots. Right, like so a reboot, yeah. yeah the, and so yeah. we're going to reconfigure that to the power button. And so a short press is going to be like three seconds or so. Uh, it's going to restart uh, in case, you know, it freezes or something. Um, and uh, not that we imagine that happening, but, you know, things happen in the real world. Um, and the long press is going to be uh, a safe shutdown. And so both are safe right. uh, way software um, reset and software shutdowns. Um, uh, great for longevity and make sure there are no corruption. And so, yeah, this is in black. Uh, again, it looks really slick. And this is in bright light. So it looks lighter than it is. And uh, yeah, this is an image that shows the internals. Uh, the yeah, which answers the question. Uh, uh, yeah, it is indeed right. fanless, and the 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 case is uh, basically the heatsink, so it can it can feel a little warm. That that's that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, so the the entire enclosure is essentially dissipating heat, and that heat originates from this rectangle here, which is where the CPU is. Uh, it's precisely positioned um, um, according to where we're placing the TV inside, and indeed. so yeah. This is a, a, a thick column of aluminium, solid uh, aluminium that, that starts to absorb heat from the CPU. And uh, that, that uh, you know, that's going to keep temperatures. I think we're, we haven't exceeded 50 degrees or 60 degrees. No, it's yet. been hanging just below 50 degrees, between 45 and 50 during sinking. Yeah. So really, uh, and around 40, 45 during normal operation. Yeah, we were, we were sinking it and it, it didn't go above. Uh, it was very low uh, we don't need to do more testing for sinking and get like uh, a good number of how long it takes to go from zero to 100. We'll get those numbers out there um, as, as we plug them in. We'll get you the mining hash rate as well. Yeah, as... I'll, I'll get to that in the coming week. I'm going to have a, bit, a few busy days, but after that, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely get to it and publish them. Right. Um, and so, yeah, this, this little slot here is where uh, a single cable is going to come through for the display. The, uh, these these are essentially just so that we have uh, some um, some air for Wi-Fi to work. So we found that if we closed everything off, um, the Wi-Fi signal wasn't getting through. So the Wi-Fi module on board wasn't getting. And so we had to kind of open these uh, up and hang on. We should mention um, so the orange ones are, are sold out, right? The Founders Edition. We're not releasing any more of those. Yes, and. Uh, that's, I mean, we've had to kind of um, incentivize the early adopters. 
And so, yeah. Um, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, which is, which is fine. So, yeah, the fir- if you weren't one orange, of the first. Uh, yeah, I recounted four, but the black and silver are still available. And uh, I'd say they, they look really good. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. I think we were, out... we were more interested in the uh, in those colors than the orange. Um, awesome. So these, I think the orange is beautiful. Colors. These are never going to, like, we're not, these are not limited in any way. You can buy them as long as you sell them. And... Sweet. Did we did we cover all the uh, the features? I think we did for the most part, right? Did uh, yes. We left no, the only thing I didn't mention is there is a uh, block explorer on it, but that's only in the web UI, so that's, mm-hmm. that's not something I could share. Sure. Which, I uh, think we um, missed uh, showing the night mode. Um, I, oh yeah. Um, I'm not sure the camera is really going to do it justice, but it's no, probably like... not. But they, mm-hmm. it's got a night mode which uh, throws a red shade over everything. Um, yeah, it's going to turn everything yeah, cool. red, so it's uh, pure red, cut uh, blue light, because, yeah, this place is pretty bright, um, surprisingly brighter uh, than I expected. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing with OLED is that it doesn't have one backlight like a normal uh, screen does, so for like actually dimming it, we need to uh, add that to the UI itself. Uh, we, we can't just call like uh, some, some system call to the screen to make it less bright, it just doesn't exist. So. Oh really? There's no brightness adjustment uh, for no. that display. That, that's so. that's a Linux problem. It doesn't have a brightness adjustment uh, for OLED screens. Gotcha. Oh, oh which also that's we'll another small, oh, one person at a time. <laughs> oh, sorry, we'll get brightness working. Yeah, it will have a. It already has a, a the slider in the interface, but yeah, it's not working. Yeah, we just need to get it working, but we will. Yeah, we'll get to it. Abdullah, yeah, I just wanted to have. When do you think <laughs> I'll have one in my hands? What, what's what's your estimate at this point? Two more weeks. Two more weeks. <laughs> but, yeah, I know that's been the, the broken record so far, and um, against my best intentions, uh, you know, delays have for some reason or the other um, kept happening. And yeah, but, uh, out of our control, sadly. Yeah, for sure. We've kept uh, trudging on, and uh, you know, made slow and steady progress, and you know, reached this milestone. And this is really the very uh, closing. Um, point so before we start to really put these in boxes and send them out to you yes yeah as you can gonna see get the UI fixed gonna need it uh gonna need to do some tests gonna need to do some tests on the actual performance long term and if that all works out well uh it's finished amazing yep there are some Feels... other dependencies that will happen simultaneously like the security audit but i hope that that, that won't delay um shipments um to you, to you guys and i really appreciate everyone you know who pre-ordered and uh for your support it really means a lot to to us yeah guys please please order them uh if you're considering it it definitely helps us we had to put up a lot of a lot of money up front for design and for the pre-purchase of all the hardware so yeah it's any, it's, any it's an ode to Monero. is a big help yep big help to kind of work our way back back out of the hole in terms of investment consider if you're gonna if you're considering pull the trigger now's a good time um thank you so much guys i think no i think problem. that's it for noto for now i mean uh brindle when we when we get it up to 100 percent, maybe we could have you back on we could show everybody for sure man for sure yeah get another uh, showcase of my two hands yeah and then hopefully after that they'll be in people's hands shipped out that's the plan that's the plan I just wanted to, wanted to mention, uh, somebody asked about the mining, whether it uses an external pool or uh, something else. Uh, the device runs P2Pool next to XMRE. Um, well, like we said, the thing is fanless, so we're not going to have it like mine at pool uh, 
full throttle, that's not the best idea. Um, we're going to be uh, let, letting it mine at slightly reduced performance, but still enough so that it actually helps the network. Uh, you know, if every if every nodo helps mining, uh, th th that that would be amazing. I mean, is is that like much of a concern, like mining? Because I I wouldn't if I were to buy something like this, I wouldn't pretty low powered. Personally, I wouldn't either, but it's you know it's a feature people wanted, uh, and I I understand why. Yeah, we we added it like you know there, there's there's talk of people like people being like why well, can my Monero with my refrigerator right so if if you're going to those yeah. lengths it'd be silly <laughs> yeah, for no, your I Nodo it's, it's nice be for your Nodo to not also mine Monero right it should be a, just a plug and play way also to just contribute to the mining network um, not, not to mention this thing could act yeah. as the P two pool server on your home network and then you can have a bunch of miners connecting to the Nodo. Uh, to have oh yeah, that's huge. That's, that's huge. This year, Jesus. You know what they yeah, say? Yeah. Every hash rate screws a bank up. <laughs> sure. My, my, my vision is to have uh, like nodos in, in like every public school or every public library will have a, a Monero nodo running. Uh, imagine, and you, you you could walk over to it and learn about Monero. It will teach you about it. Oh, imagine like five of them during Monerotopia or something. That would be amazing. <laughs> No, we'll oh, probably yeah. have at least, uh, I imagine, like, one or two there for our local node, right, Doug? Yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. And that, I mean, I don't see why things wouldn't be super smooth at that point, right? Exactly. Yeah. But then we yeah. should be, this should be out there, um, let alone Mineratopia. Yeah, these are going to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just for... And uh, I should just point out, uh, as um, part of the original... Uh, 50, the first 50 orders, uh, founders will probably see you guys before. Um, because those uh, came with um, Mineratopia tickets to this year's Mineratopia, uh, general admission, virtual or local. And so that's just part of the founder's edition that, that you guys purchased with the Nodo. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure to send those out to, uh, to everyone. Wait, what was the, what was the thing, um, Abdullah? I kind of... You were just well, saying as that... part of uh, the founders edition, the orange Monero nodos, um, we yes. offered um, Monerotopia. Um, oh, that's awesome! Yes, 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 yes. To the first fifty, uh, yeah. The, mm -hmm. So I'll send out. I'll be sending out mailers. Uh, you guys or Doug, Doug will. I'll probably give you the list, and Doug will send out your your tickets if you want to um, check in online or you know locally. You you guys have generally as part of your purchase with Founders Edition Monero Nodo. Awesome, good point to bring up. Uh, yeah, we could we could email everybody just a uh, code they can they purchase it. So. And one, one last thing uh, about this device: if you're one of the more tech savvy people and you think like, eh, you know, I I know how to run a node and everything. Uh, this thing, like I showed before, you can put any OS on this uh, as, long, as long as it's supported, of course, uh, and you can you can use it for like. Uh, I don't know, like uh, retro gaming or something. It's got a beautiful, uh, beautiful screen on it. It's got enough ports for it. Um, you, you can do all kinds of projects for this thing. Uh, it's a one of a kind board for its time, at least. Uh, it's got it's got a GPU on it as well. It's got a graphics card on it. Of course, tiny, but still. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm not even like been... technically enough inclined to really appreciate the the Noto. I feel like I mean, no, I but I'm, I'm sure for, there's plenty of the viewers in the audience that are. Yeah, from from a hardware perspective, people are uh, are giddy over it. Yeah, privacy data is saying this is a unique product whose applicability goes beyond just running a Monero node. I've been browsing and can't find its equivalent for oh, sale sure. online, with screen and ports in it. So nicely, that's funny. Yeah, exactly. And, and to uh, compare this to, Abdullah, like, you've done a good job. Yeah, this is like, and I know like someone mentioned the the Raspberry Pi three earlier. That one doesn't have hardware. Yes, the Raspberry Five 
5 does, but the Monero Nodo is like the Raspberry Pi 5 with like double the core than double. Exactly. It, it, way more it, storage, it, way faster. It's quite a little beast, man. It is. It's pretty cool. And it's got uh, up to, I don't, I doubt the HDMI supports it, but it's got up to 8K 3S output, which well, we I'm sure the HDMI supports 4K. Yeah, the GPU supports uh, 8K, and that's something I quickly want to uh, touch upon because um, there's also a listing out there uh, for this. Um, uh, Arctic uh, Mine suggested that, you know, GPU could also be used in parallel for um, transaction processing. And uh, that would essentially double the power of, of Nodo. And the effects of um, encoding that would not just be beneficial for Nodo, but anyone who's running a PC, right? If you have a, a graphics card, and, uh, it's uh, it's going to, in parallel, um, process transactions, CPU and GPU. Uh, bear in mind, we're not mining with the GPU. This is something different. Uh, this is Node uh, functionality, transaction relaying and processing. Uh, validation um, that's happening right, right now happens uh, exclusively through the CPU. But um, if if someone um, you know who understands C plus plus and uh, um, you know reach out to us and is willing to um, encode that for the GPU using OpenCL, like there's a protocol uh, where you can encode any any computation for any GPU. And so using that, it's possible to. It would be amazing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's going to enhance further uh, the Nodo as well as uh, add a lot of uh, flexibility to the Monero uh, daemon in general and on general purpose machines as well. Right. So that's a development that uh, we're happy to fund uh, because it's going to end up uh, helping the protocol in general. Right. That's uh, is there an option to receive uh, for receive addresses to be converted to a QR code on the screen? Um, I'm, I'm not sure where those receive addresses would come from. Uh, this thing does not run a wallet. It just runs uh, the node and some accompanying services for the node. Uh, so your, your wallet will... Cake or whatever um, equivalent wallet, my Monero, for example. Uh, except uh, in your settings, uh, instead of using a, rem a, a remote node, you would uh, plug in, uh, you would enter the address of Nodo, of your Nodo, that's listed yes. on the display. Yeah, so this this thing just keeps track of the blockchain for you and a, a couple of extra services. But the actual wallet and the thing that will generate your receive addresses is always on your own uh, device, not in the Nodo. Yep, Nodo does not have a wallet. There was another comment I saw um, right, that it runs Linux, but uh, what I'm seeing is a dedicated appliance, uh, maybe with Linux in the background, but no traditional Linux desktop. Oh, is that correct? Yeah. Uh, this thing... There's uh, been a lot thing... of interest, actually, from the uh, home server community. Uh, because it just so happens to be so, uh, quite an excellent uh, device in its own right. It just so happens we've made it for Monero. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and yes, we are running uh, Debian. We were on um, Ubuntu or Ubuntu, I don't know how to pronounce, but now... Yeah, we, we, we originally went for Ubuntu, but we, we opted for Debian instead for increased stability and less uh, shenanigans from the Ubuntu devs which I'm not too happy with. Um, so it runs uh, Debian 12 uh, with security updates and everything. Uh, this thing does auto updates, so you don't have to keep track of that either. Uh, it builds all the services from source and it keeps track of updates from the individual GitHub repos by itself uh, using the GitHub API. Um, so yeah, it, it'll keep itself up to date. Dang. Can we add tail skills here to you? Oh, so this is interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yes. uh, out of scope, out of scope. 
I mean, um, <laughs> we, 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 I have some, cra- I have some crazy, crazy ideas on my list. I don't, I don't even share them all with you guys, guys, cause I don't want to drop you guys. I don't know if you want to hear all of them. That'd be an easy way to let somebody access their node outside of their network if they don't have like a domain. Tor, just use Tor. That's the simplest way. Um, I know Tor is really slow though. Tor Tor is the most basic way. uh, If you don't want to uh, port forward, Tor is is the most simplest way. But yeah, Yeah, I I know I know about Tilskill. I haven't heard of Zero Tier, but I I think I roughly know it. It's like a dynamic DNS kind of thing. we could look into it, but we'd, we'd rather stick to pure um, Monero-related services on this thing. Um, but I, I, I get the question, though. I think there's a way to do it without having it on the Nodo itself, but I'll, I'll have to look into that. Like, Brindle, didn't, um, didn't you mention once um, the – what was Crypto Grampy building? Some kind of uh, way to uh, quickly I... spin up like a point-of-sale system, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, another so, one you mean. So I, I think – Maybe maybe that's what this guy was getting at too. Can uh, could there be an option for right? But addresses? It, it would have to run the wallet. It can't just be done from the node. It's, it's not uh, it's not like Bitcoin where you can see every transaction <laughs> as long as you know the public uh, wallet address. No, I um, that that would have to be done from the wallet side. Um, mm-hmm. Unless we at some point get to a point where we run a wallet on the node. But I I'm personally a little against it. Uh, most because of no, I would, th- I would think there'd be a way to run it with just view, view keys, though. Wouldn't there be a way to just run? That's true. Like if That's you, true. Because you'd, mm-hmm. you'd, want, you'd want it to be a view-only device, right? So like a store right. could have it. It'd be a point-of-sale system. If it gets stolen, they're not, they're, they're, there's no uh, private key in it. That is not a bad idea. Um, yeah, yeah. I told you we got ideas. I got ideas, guys. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll keep that, it in mind. That's not a yeah, bad idea yeah, at all. Yeah, that, that would be... Questions. Sorry, just very quickly. Go for it. Uh, is it fanless? Uh, yes, it is uh, fanless. The yes. uh, enclosure acts as a passive heatsink, which means uh, we don't need fans. So we've got this giant heatsink essentially for the CPU, and um, it works really, really well. And uh, that also means it's virtually silent. It's not going to. Brindle, you know, bring it, bring it up again. Let's let's see it again. Okay, yeah. okay, hold on. I, I, I just cleaned up the whole setup. Give me a bit. No oh, shit. <laughs> I right. was not expecting just... Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. I'll get it. Okay. Okay. You, you do not want to know what I use for this, this camera setup. It is very cringe. <laughs> it's literally it's, it's a, a dashboard a phone holder attached to the back of my monitor, pointed downwards to the nose. <laughs> but hey, it works. Okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Um, cool idea to put thousands of these together to form a box, There we go. Uh, there it is! Wow. Okay. All right. So yeah, it's it's a I big lo- block of aluminum which will act as a heatsink. It gets a little warm, but it's not like bad or anything, and it's completely silent, like a Pula set. So just for context, this weighs uh, zero point five kilograms, so that's just over a pound. So in total, yeah. And most of it's down to the aluminum enclosure because everything else is pretty much pretty lightweight. Especially Abdullah's got Abdullah's got like Steve Jobs design, like <laughs> yeah, he's going on he's in his, uh, amazing. Yeah, you can hang it up to the wall if you want to. There's like a little Abdullah. Little are you are you um give tell the people your background a little bit in terms of like your your expertise? Right. Well, uh, if you don't mind, I've if you don't mind, yeah, if you yeah, no yeah. Um, yeah. I've done a stint in uh, you know corporations, and uh, I mean it's been over ten years since I've worked in a company. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I quit to start painting, so I'm an artist. Uh, uh, professionally, I've done a bunch of exhibits and things. I continue to paint. I will continue to paint, uh, you know, past 
retirement. And so that's kind of like a vocational thing that I do. Uh, but I'm also a computational designer. Um, so yeah, that's part of, uh, you know, my whole thing, like um, art and design, the merger of the two things and the, uh, you know, the, the intersection of that uh, leads to some interesting places, you know, uh, using science and technical stuff and in an aesthetic um, artistic way, um, which is something that's very subjective. You know, it's not hard. It's, it's difficult to pin down why it's good. And so, yeah, this is my first, uh, first product, I would say that I've kind of designed from scratch, really proud of it. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of <laughs> scope in the future as well. Um, uh, yeah. a thing, um, in that um, well, we need a decentralized, um, we need to be running our own nodes and not being reliant on, you know, not just centralized exchanges, but, you know, remote nodes as well, which presents problems of its own. And so if you really want the most uh, secure way of, uh, uh, of doing things, then you, you should really be using your own hardware. The benefit of having an auto is that you don't need to run it on your computer or laptop, which is really inefficient. Yeah, Noto is going to be really energy efficient. So fantastic, uh, man! Uh, testing, testing. Yep, yep, we hear you. We hear yeah, you. I had to move away from my phone. It for a getting a little too hot there. <laughs> All right, guys, um, let's stick. You know, stick around if you can. That was that was amazing. Yeah, I'll be here for another love... like fifteen minutes too late here. <laughs> okay, no worries. I love that we're announcing uh, this like kind of Noto Noto progress on the day of the delisting, right? Um, so well, what our, our heads a bit. What's that? Yeah, right on time. What do you mean, by then? Bunch of posers. Yeah, <laughs> I just love that our heads have been down this entire time, right? And now uh, we have the we have the Noto. We've been building this entire time. It's been hell yeah, Abdul. It's been like what, like two years? I, I know there yeah, was a we haven't worked consistently for that time, but we we walked away yeah. from it for a little bit and then came back. Um, but yeah, it's been like two years. Yeah, beautiful time to announce. One and a half years by now. Yeah. Cheers, guys! Very exciting. Um, all right, so let's let's keep it moving, though. We'll do viewers on stage. See if people want to jump up. All right. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. All right. All right. Abdullah, stay up if you can. Please. Sure thing. Howdy doody, everybody. Howdy doodly. Hey. What's up? What's uh, up? Wow. What a great episode right. you guys are doing, Rick. Just absolutely, <laughs> completely badass. Congrats on the Noto, on Argentina. Those are great updates. Like, really incredible stuff you get. Thank you. So, a couple, couple of things there, Doug. First of all, your Monero Topia tickets are listed in dollars. Why no, no. are your Monero Topia tickets <laughs> oh, no. Uh-oh, listed in dollars, <laughs> Doug? <laughs> Um, there is no, uh, there got, is no virtual ticket. I, I didn't Are you guys using WooCommerce? No, we didn't. We we didn't put up the virtual ticket yet. Yeah, we're using oh, WooCommerce. Okay. We're using the Monero gateway. Uh, on the, on little, the actual uh, site, though. We don't the use the site, on my GitHub. Yes. I have a little WooCommerce yeah, yeah, yeah. price yeah. listed in Sats. You can use in the HTML of your site so that you can list that stuff in Sats. Okay, very cool. Yeah, I'll send it over. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, cool, man. For other cryptos, we're using now payments, I believe. Uh, yeah, you should really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, any anything purchased on that site, um, we use the Monero gateway. So for any tickets sold, you could either purchase them with Monero, or you could theoretically use any other crypto. So the other option 
is the uh, the now payments payment option. Just and then just anything in the, anything in the ticket that? description itself. Just in the ticket description itself. Like if you go to Monerotopia.com and click on uh, buy tickets. And then you click like general admission and it brings you a little page where it says that general admission is blah, 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 gives you the product description and everything. That thing mm. says that it's $89 right there. No, right. Like, well, we will say so. dollars. <laughs> yeah. Can I throw uh, it I back love to you some for stuff you guys covered? Noticing that. Yes, please. Go the, for it. Um, back when you had the video of the Coinbase final boss guy, it would be really interesting to, to find out more information about what Monero they CD cash these and how they went about that. That would be kind of fascinating. Yeah, yeah, we'd love. <laughs> we'd love to try to get that guy on arrow talk. Obviously, sanction me, Daddy. Good call. Yeah, and then um, also with the Noto, when you talked about spinning up a, a, a payment a POS, that that sounds like perfect for a merchant. Yeah, that's like you know? perfect utility of the screen as well. I'm definitely looking into that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I was hoping because you know, yeah, like, like uh, with Start Nine after they had implemented a. Well, it was a community <clears throat> repository for Monero, Monerod on Start9, but um, and they have BTC Pay server in there, but but you can't mm-hmm. go in there and enable Monero on it. And I thought, well, you know, on the Noto, what if you had like, you know, a forked version, like an XMR only version? Well, there's uh, there's a couple of guys that work on something called Metronero. It's like a custom little um processor uh what do you want to call it like building block uh written in go it's very very lean i've used it on my my website as well i'm pretty sure i could use that uh bake something into the gui that is custom built but that's that's up in the air still oh abdullah i see your uh your screen has been shared in the backstage did you need me to pull that up uh no sorry sorry my bad oh no you're good i was just checking so something else you guys covered earlier, Tavino, and I've been playing with it for the last couple of days. Even got myself some test net Monero, some stage net Monero, and played with it. It's looking really, really good. And the council vote, um, as they said, voting is now like the actual registration to be a voter is now closed. But for people who did register, the voting is currently going on. And so they're going to have a first round today. It's currently going on right now. Um, and there's 26 people, 26 people you can vote for. Um, and then tomorrow it's going to be whittled down to five. And then that, that those five are the top five that people chose. And then those top five will be whittled down to three and they'll be added to the council. From what I understand of the council, there's going to be one person from Havino, one person from Monero Core. So like somebody like that. And then three... Uh, three community members and that's how the council will be made up and what it will do is that the trading fees i think are one percent for havino so that one percent of your trading that one percent trading fee will go into a a multi-sig wallet or whatever and then 100 percent of that money will get uh basically basically another form of the ccs so the havino developer requests 50 percent of that continued havino development and then the other 50% will be going to uh, Monero community members who request funding for something. So like uh, Doug might put out a Haveno tutorial video and then he might go, hey, I made this Haveno tutorial video. Uh, do you guys think it's worth funding? And the Haveno court of uh, the Haveno uh, council will say, yes, here's how much uh, how much do you want or whatever, that kind of thing. And they can be like, no, that's too high, or that's, you know, we think you should more, or whatever, that kind of thing. So it's going to basically be another CCS, but a multi 
Yes, yes, that's very exciting. And obviously, and is, the more the more popular really nice. Haveno becomes, and the, the the more the liquidity improves there, the larger this one percent will become. And the more money we'll have for the theory, right? So it could could work out beautifully. It, yeah, and the, and the actual program is the program is solid. It's already working. As as I said, it's it's close. We're we're probably within days to maybe a week at most. As I said, the the council votes end on I want to say the final vote ends on Thursday afternoon at like three p.m. Eastern because uh, they're all listed. But I want to say the last vote is like Thursday Eastern three o'clock, and it'll probably be extended just slightly because there was a little bit of an expected thing where somebody just added like a buttload because this is there's like a write-in phase election so you can like write in your candidate and somebody added a crap ton of people so now we have to go through uh, yeah. and if these people are in the top five we have to go and actually ask that there's a bunch of people who probably aren't even and then there are people that are already part of the Havito council that were written in sorry uh i was saying it comes down to votes right um I mean, yeah, it's like a rank system. On the list. Yeah, so the people who registered to vote um, are voting. I actually put my name in into the ring, so we'll see. Vote for me, guys. Vote oh, for nice. me. No, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> vote for Good me. Luck. Vote Good for Kane. You got my vote. Um, yeah, I'd like to talk about a few little things. So, Go for it. Uh, first of all, uh, I don't know if you checked your email lately, but I kind of have a little surprise in there for you. It was. Um, just like a little kind of inspired theme song from Anerotopia, like a little riff you can put up on your oh, when you shit. start your show. If you want to, of course, you don't have to use it, but um, you it sent it to Monerotopia Protomail? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's and see there's some, some Latin flavor in there, you know, for our Cuban warriors and for our Argentinians and uh, oh, some other little knickknacks. Yeah, just a little, little something, something surprise. And uh, I actually have like a little bit of a presentation for you guys to talk about my trip to East Denver it's coming up really soon. But then I had to like get my brother a ride to the airport and stuff. So now I'm just like driving through, driving through San Francisco. But um, yeah, I'm heading out to East Denver because that actual first time I got Monero was with cash at East Denver a few years ago. Oh, shit. So I figured uh, I should go back and uh, inject some freedom out there. You know, that's where that's where I got into it. So. Thought it'd be a good trip. So I, I made a Kuno for that. And uh, we got almost like almost two XMR donated already. And I, I already made a spend. I bought some cool stuff. Like I, I bought some masks, you know, I have like a little, a little show we're going to do out there and bought some other like Monero sweatshirts and stuff that we can wear while we're making little videos. We're just going to do some simple, you know, simple outreach out there. And so that's one thing. The next thing is that I actually hooked up with a group of cypherpunks in Francisco. We have a space mm -hmm. where we're going to be able to host live events and workshops. So more That's info sick. coming on that soon, but I'm actually heading there right now to drop off a load of gear. And um, yeah, so some cool stuff. Um, Amazing. I do want to mention something about Kuno because I learned it kind of the hard way where mm -hmm. if you spend out of your wallet that you're using for Kuno, Kuno reads, reads the change outputs as more donations. <laughs> so on the one that I have on my Twitter page, which, you know, the magic mushroom breakfast tag, it has more Monero than we actually got donated. And I was going, huh, what's going on? I actually thought I had donations. Yeah, that's the unfortunate and... downside of the current implementation uh, of the new key, just how it works. Yeah, uh, but it okay. seems like a pretty easy fix. You just coin control out or spend the whole yeah, um, just into a new the, wallet. Uh, change. Yeah, yeah. So be aware of that if you guys launch the Kunos. But, um, yeah, that's been great, though. That's been really awesome to get... Um, 
some donations because That's I had this cool. other project that I was starting, uh, Monero Van. You know, like Monero Chan, but it was more of like yeah. what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting it all. I'm putting it all together in my mind now. Nice. These, this is all yeah. coming from your. I, I now know who you are on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so that project, you know, after the wallet hack, I kind of, I don't know. I guess I just felt bad about asking for donations for anything after that happened. But then it came back. So now I'm like, all right, maybe I should push a little, push forward with that a little more and try to do my own version of outreach and stuff inspired by you guys and so many others of course but yeah that's like everything that's going on in my monero life yeah kuno kuno directly says to um if you're gonna spend the wallet balance spend the entire thing for that exact reason like it says that right on the page Hmm. when you're making it on that after the fact (laughs) that's cool going undercover yeah yeah brindle you said you had it out yeah i'm I'm an elf man getting very late here thank you so much (laughs) all right man thank you for yeah yeah thanks have a great evening Nice yeah, work, Abdul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. So is he on so Twitter? These, uh, How do you find him? Uh, Brindle. Brindle. Oh, Brindle. Brindle. <laughs> and Abdullah? Yeah. Not... No, I'm not. Uh, yeah, not personally. Yeah. Okay. Nodo. Yeah. Who uses Twitter? Yeah. People don't use Twitter. You can use the, the Monero Nodo account on Twitter. Abdullah runs. Based people, based people use Monero Town. And... So did you guys pull up that uh, theme song yet? No, I don't know if I'll be able to. Oh, okay, that's all right. Not on my normal. I wanted to talk about uh, Coinbase. Like, so, for some reason, people don't necessarily want Coinbase, like a Coinbase listing for Monero. I think that that, that would be good for Monero, and I, I have lots of reasons why. Just, uh, first example just being that the Bitcoin ETF made you know, the price go up for that's if, if Monero is ever going to get its own ETF, it needs to get on Coinbase first. And I know some people are just against the idea of of collaborating with the feds but i i think that the price going up is a step in the right direction i think that'll make the price go up long term be good um, yeah that sounds no. good how long have you worked for the fbi <laughs> yeah, i completely disagree you know the the uh, anything that has an etf associated with it inherently means that the cabal which is the only one that can get away with it me and you would get arrested for it the cabal can put naked shorts on that ETF. You and I can't do that. It gives them an un, a completely unfair advantage. They can rig the price. They can set the price of silver to minus 40 tomorrow if they decided they wanted to. That's why the price of silver and gold are completely rigged, completely in a, in a tight range control. Now Bitcoin will be completely captured, controlled because it has it. So anything with an ETF is you know it's you might as well consider it not the free market it is not the free market well first free- off i would disagree with that because there's a limit on monero supply whereas there's not at the case like they can manipulate once you do an etf the limit goes out the window they they can put derivatives on it so now the the limit that that whole idea of it being limited same with the bitcoin bitcoin was limited well now that they, they have derivatives it, it allows them to create an unlimited fractional reserve setup. They don't have to buy a one-to-one Bitcoin in order to re, you know, resell Bitcoin over and over and over again. Same thing's going to have Got to stay away from ETFs completely. I, yeah. I got a question. So, because uh, gold has about, has compared, has done pretty, like about the same long-term as the S&P 500. So is the S&P 500 also rigged? 
Well, you know, stocks are, are based on the same system, right? They hit the cabal can use derivative. Anything that has a, a derivative where they can, you know, short the stock naked, then it means, you know, so maybe not S&P specifically, unless you talk about, you know, SPY, they, they might be able to do it through the SPY. But yeah, if it's an ETF, I mean, you know, remember, we're talking about people, all they have to do is add zeros to a computer screen somewhere to have unlimited access to naked shorts of unlimited size. And there's no consequence, you know, they're, they're sitting behind a computer screen and they can, you know, that's the whole fakery going on with fiat money. Body, body, buddy, buddy, jump in, man. (laughs) I know he'd have something to say about it. 100% agree with you, you know? Yeah. Shares. Nobody wants shares. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here listening and I'm, uh, I didn't even realize I was on the, on the live stream. Um, yeah. So, um, I guess like I tend to think that it's a little bit of both, right? When it comes to the gold ETF, they're definitely using that as a means to suppress the price. Um, they have other social mechanisms that they use to suppress the price, but I don't believe that their power is unlimited. If I really did think that their power was unlimited and that like if it becomes an ETF, then it's over. Um, I would I would be pretty pessimistic in general about our ability to actually change any. Um, but I do think that these guys do have to contend with the real world. They have to contend with real people. They wouldn't spend so much time trying to deceive so many people if it wasn't important what all the plebs thought. So um, if Monero had an ETF, I... I would be suspicious right now. I would be asking the kinds of questions, what what kinds of bad things could be happening. Here. Nevertheless, if gold was actually used as a day-to-day currency, right? If we had, um, maybe we were using gold backs or, um, or gold coinage, something like that, uh, and silver as well, they would have, like the cabal would not be able to eternally suppress the price of gold. There would be a massive revaluation if a 5 or 10% of um of the USA started using it um transactionally in a day-to-day situation. Um the the demand would just be too great. So like there there are certain levels I believe that of controls that they have and things that they can do and use derivatives um fractional reserve, naked short. Um and then they have kind of like legal systems set up where it's like you don't have to take delivery, they can pay you in cash and say that it was <clears throat> so I just think that um it I, I just I'm always careful about like kind of the defeatist attitude of saying, well, it's, it's impossible. Like if it's an ETF, if, if it's in a derivative, they're going to suppress it forever and there's not anything we can do about it. Um, so, I mean, again, it's like all of these lessons we're learning here on a microcosm about Monero definitely apply to gold on the macrocosm level, which is why it's so important that at this moment, we continue to foster a community that uses this transactionally that puts the focus on using. Not your keys, not your coins. An ETF holds the keys to the coins and you don't own them. They don't want you want you to own Monero. They don't want you to own gold. They don't want you to own silver. They want you shares of these things that paper shares that they control so that at any time they want to, they can do they can dilly dally with it and wipe out your wipe out your life savings and anything else. They don't want you holding well, hard assets. Okay. Well, the, think the, about the, the great taking. You know, the great taking was is a book that just released and, and all they you know they go into great detail on how the laws have been changed in all 50 states in order to make it legal for, you know, say you have 100 shares of uh, Apple stock. Well, when, you know, when the banks all fail or all the exchanges fail, uh, the exchange is ahead of the line behind you. You are further behind in the line of creditors paid off 
So, you know, they just take all your money. They, those hundred shares are not in your name. They're sitting in, in, a, in a pool of shares that have the exchange's name on them. And, and, and within the exchange, there's an internal database that shows that you have uh, a right to, you know, uh, right to the benefits of those shares. So the same thing will happen with TFs. Uh, you know, it's just a cautionary tale. Uh, read the Great Taking, or you know, do a do a search on the Great Taking, and and just watch the video on it. It's a very good book, and it'll show you a lot about what the cabal is intending to do and what they've prepared to do. Prepared to do. They've taken twenty or thirty years to to tailor all these laws in all the fifty states in the United States. And I'm sure they're doing it uh, over as well. Yeah, they definitely the banks. Um, you're considered an uncredited. Um, lender to the bank, like your deposits are considered, uh, sorry, not, uh, uncredited, um, unsecured. Uh, your deposits are considered to be unsecured lending to the banks. Um, and pretty much everyone else is ahead of you in line to get paid out. The flip side of that, obviously, is um, the FDIC insurance situation. The FDIC the... non-insurance? <laughs> the, we yeah, I mean, we all know it's bankrupt. It if every like, I think what it has two percent of what it would need to cover the bank losses. Like if if Wells Fargo and J.P. Morgan failed at the same time, the FDIC would be out of money like several times overall. Yeah, I mean it's kind of um you know the the 2023 situation March 2023 was a bit of a microcosm analysis and what could happen there. I think generally speaking, like they back their banks with bonds and bonds are backed by the United States saying that it can always print more bonds. <laughs> so it's kind of like. Yes, there was a problem there, um, but they were able to paper over it, and they were able to also, like, most of the, they had almost all the assets they needed to pay everyone out. The amount that FDIC actually had to pay out um, when Silicon Valley Bank went bankrupt was was very, very low. Um, So it's like, it's one of these situations where theoretically, yes, FDIC isn't large enough. And I used to say this too, FDIC does not have enough money to pay out a massive failure. Um, But the reality is they probably don't have to because of the way that banking regulations are structured. The only thing that would truly take the system down, I think, um, is is inflation and hyperinflation because deflation, like they can always fix that with with printing more paper. Um, But hyperinflation is something that like hypothetically could get away. Careful. Well, think about this. the all the loans guys, guys, have- I just got to chime in real quick. Tux, are you are you there? Are you uh, are you present? Hey, I'm still here. Oh, yeah, yeah cool. Uh, I just got to step away for one minute. Um, so just man the ship. We have over 75 viewers right now. We've been uh, consistent over 75 today. Pretty good. Like and share. Like, Keep share, going. and subscribe. I, I, I got to chime out be... myself. So I'm, I'll say bye to all y'all while I can. I'll give you a little, oh, all right, man. short little, quick little, little taster of the future Monero headquarters in San Francisco. Here it is. Yes, 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 yes. That, oh, wow. Hey, you guys. Man. Rocking Ooh, out. Talk you. to you later. Dude, keep keep us posted. Keep us updated. Keep jumping on the Monero sure. Topias and, and uh, giving right. us the updates for sure. Thanks, y'all. Very cool. Very cool. Nice. Jesus, I don't even, like, wow. Uh, all right, I got to step away. Keep, uh, keep, it, keep it rolling. Anyway, where, where I was... Uh, I forgot what I was saying, but it was, you know, about the great taking, all that. Where well, okay. I- so, but they don't, they don't have no Monero. If, if they wanted to have an ETF, they would have to buy Monero. They can't do, they can't just have zero Monero. They, they, they fraction, sure. But that, that factor is, you know, that, that they still have to buy Monero in order to justify having an ETF. Yeah. But the other thing you know, to keep in mind is that the way that the COMEX and the LBMA were structured, 
Um, those were very integral into the into the fractional reserve of gold assets and, and naked shorting. Um, the way that they structured taking delivery for those, I don't think that an ETF would necessarily like by default, an ETF doesn't necessarily have that same structure. Like the gold ETF is part of all that. It's sort of rolled up into all that, but it's the way that they they made it so that you didn't necessarily take delivery. In fact, you almost never take delivery of metal asset. Um, <clears throat> so they're able to kind of like keep rolling these naked shorts. I mean, it's it's cheeky to call them naked shorts. Technically, they're not quite that, but um, the ETF, like they're going to have to prove in some kind of, like if there was a Monero ETF, they're going to have to prove their assets. They're regulated in certain ways. They're going to have to prove that they're actually holding certain amounts of Monero. Um, and they do the same for, for the Bitcoin ETF. So like, I'm not right now, like that's been very uh, price positive ever since that ETF has been released because lots of cash has been flowing into Bitcoin and they have to prove those reserve assets, at least to regulators. Could they lie about it? Do I trust regulators? Yes. I mean, they could do a lot of like crazy shit, but by default, I don't think that it necessarily means they're going to immediately start fractionally. The difference between metal and Monero though, is that it's, if, if you have to take delivery on Monero, that's fine. If you have to take delivery on on a metal that's way different because it's you need that you can't get it has to be transported as well and you have to hold on to it whereas monero is like already just have an address i can send you that address and take delivery a lot easier yeah that's a good point yeah i mean yeah. I, one of the things about um you know an etf yeah I, see with monero it, it, it really depends on you know why are you why are you into crypto to begin with you know are you into crypto because you want a private money or are you into crypto to make a profit? Uh, I, you know, I don't want to lose money any more than the rest of you. But I, my primary is that is that Monero stays steady and doesn't change in price very much. It creeps up slowly, maybe, but because of interest over time. But I don't want the wild roller coaster ride of of uh, you know, like the Bitcoin. I don't want to, you know, I. I I, I, well, I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to be an overnight millionaire like the Bitcoin guys that got in early. But, you know, that is not the path that Monero has instructed itself. The, the principles behind Monero does not lend itself to that path. And I, and I, I support that. I, I support, you know, not taking that path of, you know, let's make it a profit tool, a tool to buy and sell and, I want to use it for money, private money. I want to be utilitarian about it. And I, yeah. I want to use it as a, a, a democracy, not a democracy tool, but a, a tool of freedom for the for the planet. You know, like take take the the, uh, the tools of the tyrants away from them using this tool. So you're spot on in this and in, in where the focus should be placed. Like there, and to the credit of maybe half the Bitcoin community, about half of them were suspicious of the ETF and said, well, we don't care. We don't need it. <clears throat> sure. You know, it's going to get integrated, whatever. Um, the other half were like fanboys like, yeah, we're winning. Um, so the, the focus shouldn't be on like begging the traditional financial system to include Monero. Um, but if Monero, on the other hand, if Monero does become widely adopted as a currency, even at like some small percentage, right? Like even if only 5% of the world or maybe the, the first world is using it, first and second world are, are using Monero, um, that like, it's just going to get integrated into stuff. You're going to see custodial solutions built on top of it. And you're, you're going to see it integrated into the tr traditional financial system. And while like our focus is not to achieve those things, our focus is not to like, hey, you know, include our coin in your stock market. Um, that's going to happen. Like there's, it's unavoidable because there's a lot of demand for a lot of different types of financial products out there. And, and like, I'm not going to lie and say that custody is never acceptable. Um, there are definitely certain cases where custody, 
Um, and even things like arbitrage are important. So we're going to see that happen if Monero succeeds. So just, um, you know, just understand, just realize that that that's a byproduct of success, not not the point of like that's not our goal. So I, I think that's another, another utility aspect of Monero. We, when we were talking about just Coinbase, um, well, the thing is, right now with Monero, I, I use Apple Pay a lot. It's 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 just that much more convenient to use Apple Pay than pay with Monero. Even if you're at a Monero event and they're accepting it, it's still kind of tempting just because it's like, oh, I can just tap to pay. And if, if Coinbase had Monero, then you would be able to tap to pay. It's, it's just like the main purpose of the money is, is a quick payment sometimes. And, you know, you don't necessarily always need the privacy. Uh, I disagree. I mean, the privacy is everything, you know, like for me, the privacy is everything and all solutions have to treat it that way. But, um, but yeah, we're nowhere near where we should be in terms of being able to use it. Like right now, I've done a a small amount of research that I've done. I've seen a couple of ways I can buy a Visa gift card, maximum $1,000. And that gift card uh, can be used. It's a virtual card. So basically I can't use it in person. I can't, I can't live on it. I can't purchase gas at the gas pump. You know, I don't have a physical card that I can, you know, but I can fill up um, uh, my Google Pay or Apple Pay, but then my KYC goes out the window, you know. So now I'm back on the surveillance grid, right? But at least they don't know where the money came from, right? It comes from some visa you bought with the Monero. They don't know where the Monero came, you know what I mean? So it's a broken chain, but still, it's um, it still has my name attached, you know, and so... Yeah, we got a long way to go there. Agreed. For for me, the main utility and main reason I, I hold on just like my own keys is just because I don't want anyone else, doesn't matter if it's the government or like a corporation or anyone, I just don't want other people to know how much money I have. like. That's that's really so if I can, if I maybe have a checking account on some service that can do things, some something slightly faster for a payment, I don't view that as like, oh, I've breached everything. Like, it's just like, oh, it's just a small amount small payment like that i would just wanted to do quickly like it's it's my you know i still have an apple pay they already know if i'm using that they already know what they already know what you what you have yeah i mean yeah so my regular yeah non-crypto transactions are already like with my phone or whatever yeah i think when when, um referencing coinbase whether or not like we would want to see monero listed on coinbase um i honestly would much rather have seen monero on coinbase than binance because Coinbase Absolutely. is a regulated entity, like they they're they're an identifiable, attackable entity. That if they're lying about their Monero reserves and doing shady shit, um, they can go be attacked, and it's pretty straightforward to do that. Um, and they've got pretty heavy regulations that require them to actually have the assets that they claim to have. Um, I'm not saying like I necessarily want to get listed on Coinbase. I wouldn't try and push for that, but um, I might. I would probably regard that as a positive development, uh, at least for price. Um, and, and adoption, uh, but Binance and especially any of these other like shitcoin exchanges that are totally unregulated, um, those are going to be price negative because they're going to continue to f- fractionally reserve Monero and we're not going to have any easy way of, of preventing them. I know it's kind of like a bit of a counter, uh, maybe a counter opinion from what you might expect from me typically, but I actually think that would be mild positive for me. To me, Monero is going to be something like weed or like uh, sports gambling where they don't like it for a long time and then they warm up to it because it's just the general direction of technology and society 
points towards Monero, they eventually have to succumb to that, no matter how much whining it takes. Well, I'm hoping they treat right. it like cash and quit treating it like some off-the-wall thing because it's just cash. I agree. So yeah, you, you, one of the more messed up points is that they're like they've already got all of the regulations that they need to deal with cash, and Monero is, is basically no different. They even said that like this was man, this is years ago, and I think it's twenty 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 or twenty twenty one. The um the office of the control of the currency, which is like the lead regulator US banks, released a statement um talking about <clears throat> saying that um that they they didn't say Monero, but they said anon I think they said anonymous or one of those phrases, but they said that they were confident that um that the rules, the existing regulations for cash and that the, the AML procedures that financial institutions already abide by are sufficient to cover um, uh, coins, even even coins that um, have anonymity features in it. So um, that was also before like the Biden admin, and not that I'm a Trump supporter by any means, but um, there like there was a, a market kind of change in the tone of these bureaucrats back then uh, when the administration changed over. Also, don't don't forget um, the the most recent bank that's been in trouble, New York Community Bank. That 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 bank just happened to have been the same bank that took over all the bad assets of the Silicon Valley Bank a little over a year ago, right? So when 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 that Silicon Valley Bank, you know, went tits up, you know, the New York Community Bank was there to the rescue and they took all their bad assets. Now, so that's what happens. These, these banks, you know, they sort of all go in a back room and get together and say, well, who's going to, you know, who's going to, you know, take these bad assets off the books? You know, make it to where everybody can, you know, go home and, you know, still be still be whole. And uh, and that's what they do. They they end up uh, just prolonging the problem. And, you know, I think it's getting to a point where you're going to see a cascading effect. I don't know that, you know, I don't don't hear many people that uh, that that have espoused the same belief that I do that the U.S. dollar, um, you know, may not be in existence for many more years, I mean, not even, you know, five years from now, the, the U.S. dollar might be gone. They're talking about a CBDC and, and the great reset. And things. What do you think that word reset means? It means resetting the debt. It means eliminating the dollar completely. Anything, any dollar that you have and that's not in your hands is going to be confiscated. And any dollar that you have that is in your hands is going to be uh, so hyperinflated that it's worth nothing. So the, yeah. the dollar is is the most secure world currency. Uh, I, w- I would say you should watch something like the pound to see if it does worse or something. Obviously, Turkey is the one that's kind of well known right now as they they have extremely high inflation and they're relying on other currencies. Well, you're right. We're 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 the best of a bad bunch. But the thing is, the whole West has followed us into this huge debt. You got to look at the debt. So you look at the countries, their debt to GDP ratio, and and that'll that'll show you which countries are in trouble. Japan is the worst. The U.S. is about the fifth or sixth, and uh, the U.S. dollar hegemony is you know why do you think BRICS is making this uh, new currency? They're tired of the the Bank of International Settlements having control over over everything, you know, with sanctions and all that. They're they're not putting up with. Uh, you know, the the dollar, you know, the tyranny of, you know, the United States uh, empire dictating how the world's going to bound to happen. So, you know, you know, I wouldn't be hanging on to dollars 
And, and I, I believe that the fact that the dollars are going to be so hated future that people will run to Monero because they want to escape the CBDC. But I guess I'm an optimist. I'm finding that not nearly as many people as I thought love liberty the way I do. If, if that was the case, then Bitcoin would have been the world reserve currency in 2014. It's just, it takes a long time for these changes to happen. No, but Bitcoin's not private. Yeah, so it's completely, you know, corruptibly surveillable. So yeah, that's not a good analogy. Well, it's just a hypothetical. If it was more about, oh, everyone should realize that this is the future and that, that, that this is going to replace the Federal Reserve, then okay, let's go ahead and immediately do it and it, it, it's just that it takes a long time to, to shift. I have heard this this one point where, uh, like, I think Bology made this, where it's like uh, in 2020, like there might be some event in the future that's kind of like March of 2020 with cryptocurrency, where it's like, uh, you know, before March of 2020, like remote work wasn't really that much of a thing. And then after that, remote work was just entrenched, right? And uh, it could be the case that that cryptocurrency has an event like that at some point in the future. And that cascading effect that you mentioned within, uh, you know, sovereign currencies could, could be that ca- that's catalyst. I think we're already past that point and uh, governments are just now realizing what Monero can. Um, also, I just want to, um, one point about convenience. Um, uh, we talk about Apple Pay as being very convenient uh, without realizing all the information that we give uh, not just to uh, governments, but to third parties as well. Um, and uh, sure, that's convenient. Uh, but uh, some of us don't really care about convenient. Not that Monero itself is uh, inconvenient. Uh, if you look at the traditional banking system and uh, the limits it imposes on transactions, um, especially across um, transnational uh, or, you know, international transactions um, and the time and the fees it takes to, to, you know, you have to wait multiple days for a wire transfer and take a bunch of fees with it, conversion fees and so on. And uh, sure, Monero has fees and uh, yeah, Monero, I mean, I don't see it as inconvenient at all. In fact, uh, it's rather convenient because uh if I make a transaction of two dollars to two hundred thousand dollars, the fees is going to be relative, you know, a couple of cents, maybe what four cents uh, at most uh, for a really, you know, whale kind of volume. So no, I don't think um, Nair is really. Um, I think it's rather very convenient. You can cross borders with it. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, seized or confiscated, which you know can happen to your Apple Pay anytime. Just you know. If you're in Canada, having donated to the Trekkers Convention, Bitcoin, or through fiat, then, you know, results were quite apparent. Uh, you know, Trudeau government coming in and uh, freezing your bank account and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we just want to get out of this uh, whole thing altogether. And the dollar um, is really very much propped up on U.S. Uh, military intervention. Um, I think they realized that if they stopped uh, and then, you know, there's not much left and no reason essentially for um, other nations to use or trade with uh, the U.S. dollar. And so this kind of need to keep, um, yeah, military interventions going is, is kind of, I mean, we all know that they removed the gold standard a long time ago. So it was mostly kind of like, 
you know, like the S&P, which seems, yeah, very on par with gold. But at the end of the day, there there are derivatives of the stocks on the S&P as well. Watch what what happens when um, one of the one of the opposing powers launches a hypersonic, takes out a carrier and that and watch what happens to the dollar then. I agree that Monero can be uh, like it, it in many cases, it is very convenient. I really don't like having to go to a building to transfer certain money. And I also think that it's not a great approach to a lot of people get into Monero because of ideology. But I think that if you're talking about something that you're is also an investment, you need it to just be useful. Right. And so it's like you don't you didn't start using Amazon because because you agreed with Jeff Bezos's ideology. You just wanted things quicker. You just wanted efficiency. And in a lot of cases, Monero is very efficient. It's got low fee and you don't have to worry about all the baggage that comes with acting on a public blockchain. But it's still I'm specifically with point of sale. It's that's that's the point where Monero Monero lacks. Yeah. That's so much like. I found myself like when I was I used to be kind of a Bitcoin, not maximalist, but I always said maximalish, which I stole from the um, great and venerated Mr. Hart that launched. Oh, that shit coin that pumped a lot and then dumped all the way back down. Anyways, um, he used to say maximalish. And I thought, yeah, you know what? That's that's smart. I shouldn't be religious zealot about it. Anyways, I found myself in Monero more and more because it was I was like every time I was trying to game out how I was going to make my Bitcoin private and send it privately and use it privately. I was just like, why? I could just be in Monero and it would work. Um, so the convenience factor is huge. That to well, like agree with that. Well, it needs more merchant buy-in. So that's really one thing that's holding back Monero is the merchant buy-in. It's it's all part of the circular economy that we keep talking about. But without the merchant buy-in, then you're going to you can't just walk up to a cash register and say, "Hey, I want to buy this, but I want to use Monero to buy it." Right? Unless that merchant has already bought into it and has already set up with so there needs to be like a campaign to push monero as a as an alternative to cash and to credit cards it costs a fortune to do credit card transaction every merchant out there pays at least three dollars a transaction if not more to do a simple credit card transaction and if you bring that up to them to everybody that you buy something from if you can talk to the person that makes the decisions in that company that you're, or that store that you're in, that's how you change it. You're not going to change it, to, you know. That's how we got credit cards was, oh, it's more convenient to use a credit card than to use cash because you're not, or to write a check because it takes too long to do those. Things. So that's how we got credit card. But what came with credit cards was high fees. And that's what's pushed us towards some cryptocurrency and other um, online modes of transacting is is to get away from those fees but still have the convenience so that that's where we have to go and we're also seeing convenience acquiring monero going down exchanges you know uh like i think i think kraken only mainly only serves us right and you know binance is i think is mainly for people who are international i don't know what they're i mean there's a lot of exchanges out there um, so it looks like it would be PolyNX or OKX, but um, yeah, it, it just, it, it isn't a good thing for Monero if it becomes harder to buy. Well, well, okay. So think about this though. You don't get your dollars from an exchange. You get your dollars from getting paid to do some service for some, or to do some job. 
That's how you get your dollars. So why is Monero any different than that? It's a currency. Treat it like a currency. You get paid to, in Monero, then you don't have to worry about, oh, how am I going to buy Monero? Well, you don't have to. You, you already bought it with your blood, sweat, and tears, right? So you, you, I think we're just thinking about this kind of the wrong way around. We don't. It's the same with gold and silver. You, you shouldn't be buying such things. You should be working for right? So that's what we're uh, building XMR Bazaar dot com exactly. for, man. That's yeah. sort of thing. And this guy, this guy, be more of it. That. No, but I, I'm just uh, itching to get into that. To be honest with you, yeah, I'm so excited to get that up and running. And we have Monero Market. That's you know, um, I would I would have loved to bring those guys on at any point. I wasn't able to con- connection with, but um, XMR Bazaar. Uh, very excited about it. Don't really have anything to announce right now at this point. But yeah, I'm just excited to be able to personally use it as a tool to live off Monero. So just constantly posting on there with looking for somebody who could do this thing for me and I'll pay you in Monero. Um, I'm not really into buying money, to be honest with you. Yes. I want to earn money. Yeah. That's that's my dream. The one thing I was thinking about as far as like a day-to-day sort of use case for Monero is that is, is there a like a Monero payroll app? Like I I I, I think you like have like a you know a list of like addresses that you have. Oh, I need to pay them. Like a QuickBooks or something, but it's Monero basically. Is that does that exist? And would people use that? I've, uh, I've we spoke about this with time. with Tux. Yeah, we spoke about this with Tux, and yeah, we we were talking about potentially trying to uh, make something for our own business use business and obviously use. put out put out there yeah well. i think so you know, i think uh, there's something where you can uh, make uh, subscription-based recurring payments on it so yeah uh, yeah there is actually i've seen that a yeah, while so back we talked about Monero that. business yeah. wallet so but but what i think he's asking for is something more along the lines of a quickbooks quickbooks is like an accounting software to be able to track your your uh, or to keep your own ledger basically exactly. to be able to track your um credits exactly. and debits out of your account so um what you, i'd like you were to looking see for also, somebody to uh to build that for um, well, what i'd like to see is a way that it would not only keep track of you know how much the monero costs but a lot of times a lot of these tools that i've noticed always r- puts it in dollars and cents instead of in monero mm-hmm. and it'd be nice to have them side by side so when you like when you purchase monero or or use monero it should always show um, how much it, how much the Monero cost on the day that you did that transaction, not how much it cost today, because I, that transaction's already came and gone. It needs to show you how much it cost on the day you you used it, right? So that come tax day or anytime you have to um, balance your books, you can do that because you know how much you spent and you can depreciate it properly. Yeah, I mean, you know? with, with our Monero businesses, obviously we keep track of them. Track of the track cost of the, on the date of, of receiving Monero it, and of the date of spreadsheet hell. Well, there's some, there's some Linux programs that are open source that can be used as a basis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, things like GNU Cash and KMyMoney and HomeBank and stuff like that. Yeah, so, I've, I've looked at that, those uh, for business purposes and they're not they're not really that to be honest with you they're, they're still not to the level of um of the proprietary apps out what, there what about uh what about like something like sql ledger have you played with that that's a no but that sounds interesting that that's a that's a web base so that means your accountant can can go to the server with serving up a web page which is talking to a 
a PostgreSQL database on the server. So the, the accountant can be in a completely different spot. He can be accessing the web page to do all the accounting um, and the servers in like, you know, the head accountant's house or, you know, at a, some data center that he wants it at or whatever. But it's a, it's a unique thing. It's not like a user software. It's more like a server type software, but it might be into look at if it's open. And I think yeah, well, you know, right now, luckily, local Monero keeps a pretty good track of what you've bought there. Um, but I, I still think there's a lot of room for improvement in those areas, just day-to-day -day business areas of how do we transact? I mean, it's one thing that the, that the blockchain keeps all this data, but it's not, um, it's not like you're able to just go back in time. That's, that's the big, that's the one thing that I've noticed in a lot of these things is time is it doesn't, these, a lot of these tools that, that are out there don't, don't track time. Like when you bought it, when you sold it. Uh, what it was at those points in time. Um, and the reason why I'm saying all this is because I'm, I'm really looking, and why I'm looking forward to the, the, um, the, the bazaar is because I'm working towards, uh, I bought a piece of property and I'm working towards building, um, you know, re renewing a farm that I've kind of bought and inherited um, from my wow. family. So I I'm going to be trying to build out um a an industrial sized uh garden if you will it's for fresh um, vegetables and things of that nature that i'd love mm -hmm. to be able to sell online and i'm trying to amazing. come up with ways to do that with uh with by accepting monero and um you know gold backs and stuff of that nature yeah 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 that that our hope would be that a vendor like you would take off on xmr bazaar every everybody uh needs those yeah really yeah well yeah. The, the thing is is it's going to take me a good year or so to build that yeah. out anyway. so okay. um but i have the property already secured just a matter of now is just building it we've grown this is a family farm it's been around for you know close to 100 years it's in my family and we've we've built um, we've done things like this before. This is not new to, we can, I mean, I've, I've planted gardens that fed the whole entire family kind of thing. So Amazing. it's not like it's unusual. Well, we used to, um, we used to raise horses on it and we, uh, used to do horse racing all over the country. So Holy it's, shit. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a work. It used to be a working farm, but after my, uh, grandparents, we, we, need, we away, need a Monero, a Monero, uh, horse race. <laughs> Gambling with Monero yeah. for, for, for horse racing. Let's get that going. Well, that's a whole nother mess you're trying to step into there. You're talking about regulations. <laughs> <laughs> Monero farmer's market. Uh, I'm expecting there's yeah. going to be some gambling uh, gambling taking place on the side of uh, Copa Monero. I'm expecting that. It probably is. I think it's really uh, admirable that uh, your family has uh, held on to, uh, to a farm for uh, yeah. a century over a century that's really fantastic yeah it's, it's i think there's a lot of potential in the monero circular economy uh the last couple of years it's really exploded a lot of uh, a lot of different markets now and a lot of traffic a lot of uh different types of products and you know the transaction counts be going up as well which means people are buying stuff with it so yeah. i think there's uh, lots of potential i i personally i mean noto is monero don't accept fiat for example and 
personally for my paintings as well I've started to accept my now and so yeah there's uh, definitely lots of potential and uh, the goal is to try to make this circular um, yeah to kind of make Monero the measure of of our trades um, you know that are mutually beneficial to us yeah that's that's really fantastic okay good chatting with everyone I'll yeah see you next time thank you so much for I will say anecdotal anecdotally I mean the the community is growing. Hold on a sec. Jesus. As the Puerto Harley <laughs> it's like, um, No, I will say, right? Like, so we, like, this show, uh, the last two weeks, we've been plus 50 live viewers, over 100 live viewers. We've been over, like, 70 uh, live viewers this whole show. Uh, this show alone, we've had, like, two different jump on that haven't been on before talking about projects that they're personally excited about. Um, so we're, we're definitely moving in the right direction. Monero feels stronger than ever in terms of having a proper uh, circular economy. Are we there yet? No, but I feel like everybody's kind of racing a goal together, and there's a lot of people that are active. I don't know, do you, people uh, agree in my enthusiasm, or am I being uh, too enthusiastic? No, I agree. I oh, no, we're there all the way. Yeah, that's definitely the goal. Um, if we want to end this um, enslavement by states and other global entity. Hey, you were talking about needing a C++ programmer earlier? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I do. Okay. I do C and C++, but I've never written anything for OpenCL, so I haven't played around with any GPUs, but I'm looking at the um, developer guide right now. Yeah, the the challenge is to kind of uh, work backwards from when we started RingCT, so there's some narrow knowledge required as well. That's okay. that's the real challenge. Is that yeah? Uh, it'll take me a little while to catch up on. But well, I'll, I'll be in touch. Uh, yeah, if there's. Um, I've, well, I've done C and C plus plus programming for better part of twenty years, mostly in the business financial fintech. Very cool. cool. Very okay. cool. Um, I think I think we could close it out here. Oh no, wait, we have uh, drunk dial me, drunk dial me. Anything you want to put out there? Drunk dial me. Anything anybody else wants to put out there before we close it out? Well, if nothing else, he's got a cool handle there. Jump down. Have MoneroCon uh, VIP tickets gone on sale yet? I don't know. I haven't heard. Uh, I don't think so. Are you yeah, going to have the lot. online streaming again this year? Uh, we haven't decided on that yet. We haven't. I really enjoyed we'll it see. last year. Awesome. Even all with right, all the issues, I still thought it was pretty cool. Because at least awesome, I got to you know, join in a little bit. Yeah, I, mean, we, I, had, I can't we travel, had so you know, much content. We had so much content coming out of that conference. It's like we're still posting from it. I, I know. Um, I, I think so it's awesome, it, it, it was quite um, – yeah, we'll probably do. We'll probably do. But what we, won't, what we may not do is have people present virtually at the conference. So we had we had a live stage, and then we had a virtual stage. We might yeah, not do the virtual a, stage. Thing, but that was a little confusing, get, and it was hard to get to. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll do the one stage, live stage, but yeah. So Doug, you, you you talked to somebody this week. Uh, he had a he had a travel agency. Travel agent. Oh yeah. Oh no. The um. What is that company? Shopping it, bit. Yeah. Shopping bit. Yep. Shopping, Shopping bit. bit. Yeah. So I went to his travel agency and I and I put in a potential itinerary and I waited okay. for them to come back and they came back with a with a uh, sort of a non answer. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, but I'm but I'm still waiting. There, there's also another um, 
cryptocurrency travel agency out there too. Travala. But, yeah. Travala. Yeah. Oh, really? And they accept they mm-hmm. accept Monero, and they they don't like to like advertise that they accept Monero, but when you go to the final they, checkout, they it's do. there. <laughs> yeah. Travala. I have to write yeah. down. Thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah, I was hoping to uh, maybe get in touch with them, but yeah, they don't. I don't think they would uh, actually. They they. It's kind of funny. They. I guess they have their reasons, but they don't like they don't like promoting that they use that they accept Monero, but it, they are strong supporters. Of, I guess for the banking. Yeah, I thought um, that was funny too. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But then again, it is private, so maybe that's why they don't want to advertise it. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, you'll be able to fly down to Buenos Aires to see your tickets with Monero. How about sure. the hotels? Do you think they accept Monero? Uh, well, once again, you can use Travala for that. The oh, hotel yeah. that the hotel that we were originally yeah, thinking of hosting the conference at uh, was on Travala. Travel was on, Travala yeah. So where's so you everybody? Could use Venero. Where's everybody staying? Uh, right near that Mercado, that market. Yeah, we have. We'll, we'll put out more information soon. Um, but just know that it's going to be in that general area. But we'll we'll put out more. Detail, details. Yeah, because me and Joe Wilderness will probably uh, go together. And, uh, you know, he's the one I introduced a couple weeks back. And, yeah, uh, yeah, know, yeah. So we're, we're kind of fired up about it. And uh, Oh, amazing. And, and I, I, you know, I got to end on a high note. It, it, it'd be such a blast. I mean, I don't, I hate flying. I hate traveling. I don't want to, like, really, I just hate people for the most part. <laughs> but I would love to around like-minded people feelings mutual well you know when you're surrounded by these people that don't know how to think they don't have they don't know how to critically think i don't know they've drank too yeah, much they should have a stamp on their forehead to let yeah. us know who they are so we can avoid them exactly <laughs> but anyway it'd be, uh, i'm looking forward to it and uh and I, I i think i've got a buddy that's gonna pony up and gonna go as well so maybe oh, fantastic. Uh, the two of us yeah it is down there and, and tear it up it's a it's a great vibe for all those reasons you're saying, right? So uh, you're surrounded by like-minded people that are passionate about building out digital cash, and that just brings it's it's a it's a it's that casts a wide net. It's a very diverse group, uh, the people and the skills they have, but it's universal in terms of everybody leaving digital cash creates for an interesting. It's almost like, very very good vibe, very good vibes at Monerotopia. Everybody's loving life, living life. Have you guys ever heard of, uh, you know, anar- anarcho-capitalism? And, uh, yeah, of the, course. Uh, yeah. The, the festival down in uh, Acapulco? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, we've been that, there. That just wrapped up this week. I, I, I yep. look at it, I look at them as very, like, a similar group of people. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, we had a lot of, a lot of them participated in Monerotopia last year. Jeff Berwick spoke at Monerotopia last year in Mexico. Um, and then this year... They just, yeah, their conference just ended and we had Alessandro there and he was representing Monero and talking about Monero Town. Yeah, that whole crowd is very much into Monero. Hey guys, can I, can I bust in for a second? Yeah, go for it, man. Sorry, I couldn't talk a second ago, but uh, there was someone, his name is uh, Surf Loco or something like that. He had a site called safe.house, S-A-F-E.house. Oh, yeah which was a basically an Airbnb site. He actually had uh, three or four rental properties in Portugal. Um, you should uh, reach out to him and try to buy his, I tried to buy his website actually already. 
But uh, you should reach out to him by his website and his formatting and make rentals a section that's hard basically formatted for you. Just the template, oh, yeah. the website template. That's a great idea. Yeah, rentals are going to be on XMR Bazaar. That's going to be one of the, the main categories. Um, I don't know what's designed for what anarchy, that part of the interface. But yeah, we'll definitely keep that in mind. And then the other thing, uh, I know someone said they had um, sort of mediocre the mediocre user experience with GNU Cash or New Cash, GNU Cash, which is the floss uh, QuickBooks. But um, if you did use it, you'd have to do a couple of things like adding Monero as a currency. So customize it a little bit and add some commits to GitHub, I guess, or wherever the hell they maintain it. Yep. But I think it'd probably be worth the hassle. If, That's... if there was an example out there that, that does the same for like gold, any metals, mm-hmm. or any other commodity, then maybe. There you go. But I don't know if it's that that great for tracking commodity. That's that's the issue. And since Monero is treated like a commodity here in the states, it might be difficult to shoehorn it in. Well, that'd be a another good thing to add to the commit because we're all basically aligned on liking precious metals, I guess. So, adding goldbacks as a currency, uh, gold and silver. Like, um, I actually kind of pressured the Havino project to add silver, gold, and goldbacks as an accepted local currency. So that'll be launching when. Havino launches here shortly. So So there's different types of gold currency. Yeah, I'm totally down to do that, by the way. And then you got the gold dollar, and then you got the silver dollar, and then you have other countries that have their own gold coins that are also, that was at one time currency. So it kind of gets a little bit tricky. Well, the the standard format is just XAU, XAG, and I had them yeah. create a new ISO code for goldbacks, which is XGB for commodities. So if you're selling, I mean, if you're selling newsmatics, that's kind of silly. But if you're selling some strange fraction, you just have to convert it. Yeah. But that's on you, <laughs> like the sell by buyer or seller. Right. Well, that's what I was talking about. Is it just it gets kind of... Um... Because of the fractionalization of it, it's not like dollars and cents. You know, dollars and cents is actually a fixed point um, when you do the math, whereas um, these others are floating point because you can fractionalize it all the way down, like from Monero to billionth of a Monero. So it gets a little tricky. Well, that's pretty much all I had. But it's something to look at. Maybe I'll look at it. All right, that. man. Yeah, no, definitely uh, interested in adding, definitely gold backs more. Uh, gold and silver too, sure. And my thinking is too cool about that is because we have the Monero multi-sig wallet in, people could still use Monero to insure um, the the transaction. So if you're physically sending gold backs, you could first hold, have the Monero sent and held in escrow. It's back to you. Well, one more thing on gold backs. Uh, the United Precious Metals Association, which is basically a nonprofit, it's almost like a credit union, but instead of dollars, they use gold backs. They have an inter-cooperative or credit union like system where you can pay people with an app using gold backs. So they might have an API you could use where you could pay, you could have a UPMI account. People transfer their gold backs to you. You can take physical possession whenever you want or deposit them. <clears throat> Something yep. like that, if you uh, want to look into that. It. That's what I use for mine. So, yeah, UPMA is great as far as that goes. I don't know if they have a API, though. I haven't seen it. If they do, it's not It's not public. Like, they haven't. Yeah, because Drunk Dial Me, is anybody, is there any marketplace that's really active in goldbacks yet? Um, 
there's uh, basically the entire state of New Hampshire, <laughs> like the uh, yeah. free state movement. Yeah, no, I know, but, but kind of like a, uh, a an online marketplace that's gold backed. Um, I'm not sure. I've never actually thought to look, but uh, whoever's just speaking, yeah, they there is a U- ATM that's being released. <clears throat> it's already in the wild. I've seen pictures of it in uh, New Hampshire, up northern New Hampshire. I think is where the picture is. But I looked yeah. into buying one. They haven't gotten back to me. How do you think it would work with? How do you think it would work with with sending goldbacks through the mail? Like how? Uh, what's the most reliable way to do that? Um, I guess if you held some uh, Monero in escrow as a, like insurance deposit and sent it certified, I, it sounds like a kind of a pain in the ass. To be honest, I mean gold just not set up for digital payments, which is why I think it makes such a big why gold and Monero complement each other so well. Yeah, I think it's I think goldbacks are more of an in person kind of thing, um, more sure. so than online. Because we don't use cash that way today, so Monero is the closest thing we have to to a online cash. Yeah, my mailman's actually been opening my mail lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, so I mean, of- I took delivery of some gold backs through the mail, but I I didn't take delivery of a whole lot, you know. So yeah, instead well, of going yeah. to Fiat with uh, Monero, I may go. I may split the difference and go back to some uh, something like Goldbacks for that no. problem at the gas station, that problem at, at the local farmer's market. You know, if they don't take Monero, they might take the Goldback. Um, well, well, actually, I just thought about this. Um, UPMA does have a way to use crypto. Um, they do have a way to do it. They just don't talk about it much, but there is a way that you can buy and sell using crypto um but it's through um i'm trying to remember the the um coin that they use there's a um uh, there's a i think it's a um it's one of the stable coin so-called stable coins that they use look that up well one of the things i wanted to do with the uh goldback atm was buy one and hack it so that you could buy and sell goldbacks with monero and then mount it on a trailer and follow farmers markets around on the weekend <laughs> there you go just do it. Well, if, if they'll answer my email, I will. <laughs> I don't even know how much they cost. I'm figuring maybe like somewhere between five and 20, 20 grand. Yeah, they're they're probably trying to make sure it's legal to send it to wherever you're located at. We should bounce these ideas off of, on Monero Town. Monero Town. Yeah. Get a lot of Put them out there. there. All right, well, guys. Yeah, that demographic I... that's. I'm sorry. No, I was, I was going to say I was going to kill it here, but uh, any last thoughts? Drunk down, let me go ahead. You got some. Oh, I was just going to say that demographic at farmers market, they're ve- markets, they're very into sort of alternative stuff for all sorts of reasons. You got preppers, you got hippies, they're the crystals, and just people who like to shop local. So I think it's a built-in, basically, the, the novelty would appeal to them hugely. So I think it's a really good idea to consider mounting an ATM on like a trailer hitch mount or a trailer and just basically track farmers markets around selling Monero and goldbacks. That was, that was I, I love it. Dude, let's keep us, keep us posted on that. Keep us posted on that. Um, I'll keep reaching out. Anybody else? Anybody else? Last words. All right. We will, we will end it there. It's been a fantastic day today. Rating listing. Good um, job, Doug. Yeah. Thank, thanks everybody for joining. This is fantastic. Tux, you want to, you want to roll us out? Still there. You may have lost Tux. I see. Our, that penguin's right. there. He's there, but he may not be at his computer. 
I'm going to... F- All right, I'm going to roll it myself. So long, guys. Joining us, we stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern and subscribe in Odyssey. Or listen to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on or join us on our Topia Telegram group. See you all next week.